Hi, this is Jack O'Halloran, and you're all about to listen to the All-Star Super Fan Podcast. Gonna have a lot of fun. We talk, we talk, we talk Superman, and we know what's happening. We talk, we talk, we talk Superman, and we cover everything. This is no fantasy, no careless product of wild imagination. No, my friends, this is the All-Star Superfan Podcast, where we take great honour, but no pleasure, in enacting one of the most ancient and sacred rituals of our kind, ranting about how to make Superman movies better. To this end, we have assembled from across the 28 known galaxies a Kryptonian Council of Cuts, starting with my co-host, the noble Alan Burke. Rob, be reasonable. My friend, you know me never to be otherwise. We're also joined tonight by two legendary returning guests. First up from the United Kingdom, Mr. Oliver Harper. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, chaps. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And from the great state of Texas, the Smallville smasher himself, Mr. Zach Moore. Welcome back. Haven't you ever heard of Freedom of the Press? Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> favorite line everybody you can get in contact with us as always at all star super fan on facebook and instagram at all star super pod on twitter and you can send us your emails and serenade us with your voice notes at all star super pod at gmail.com please get in touch let us know what you think of the episode excellent uh gentlemen superman 2 let's get straight into it the purpose of what we're doing tonight is to take all the available and some of the unavailable versions of Superman 2 and democratically assemble what we, the Kryptonian Council of Cuts, believe is the ultimate cut of this film. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know it, I'm sure you do, uh, there are several cuts of Superman 2. There's the one we all grew up with, which was kind of a, uh, a mess of different directors and different scenes and reshoots and everything else, but a lot of people love it. And then there is the much later quote-unquote Richard Donner cut from 2006, which is also a mess of different directors and different cuts and reshoots and special effects that aren't so special. <laughs> and, and then, of course, there's a restored international cut, which maybe not a lot of people know about. We'll talk about that shortly. But what we're going to do is we're going to vote on each of the individual segments uh, where these versions kind of divert. And we're going to pick the ultimate cut for the fans so i've assembled a list of all these key differences and uh we basically are going to vote on each bit of the list and remember the decision of the council is final <laughs> so uh but be before we get into that i just want i want to go around the table first and uh get everybody's thoughts on superman superman 2 just just in brief tell us uh, your history i suppose with this film and and the different cuts so uh, alphabetically, uh, by, by second name, I think we'll start with my illustrious co-host, Alan. Do you want to tell us your whole kind of uh, life cycle with, in, with Superman 2? Sure. Yeah, well, it's just always been there, really, hasn't it? I grew up with it. It's, I, I don't remember watching it for the first time. It's just always been a part of my life and a huge part of my life, watching it, loving it, the, everything about it. It was, um, I, I imagine it was the first one I saw. I know I spoke previously that Superman 3 is probably the one that I go back to more often. Obviously, Superman the movie is the the Oscar kind of movie. You know, it's the film of the of the of the bunch. But yeah, who doesn't love Superman two? Terrence Stamp, General Zod, um, uh, Non Ursa, the 
big climactic uh, metropolis battle the cellophane s everybody loves yes. the cellophane s so yeah it's just it's it's superb it's a, it's a fantastic sequel at a time when sequels generally weren't that good and and talk to me about the different cuts and and your your kind of take on those yeah, well, obviously I grew up with the theatrical cut, so that, that's always been very close to my heart. 2006 saw the, the Donner cut coming out. Uh, I was never a huge fan of it. I always kind of viewed it as a bit of a special feature oddity more than anything else. Um, but yeah, there's there's things about the Donner cut I much prefer over the theatrical cut. By and large, a lot of scenes in the theatrical cut are my favorite. and I'll, get, we'll t- I'll talk about that as we go on. But um, yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, Oliver, what about you? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I loved Superman 2 because of the action, mm. right? And it was always on TV. It's always yeah. on, you know, in the UK, it was like uh, on ITV, Channel 3. Uh, also, it was a Christmas movie. It was an Easter movie. It was a summer movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I believe I've, I've said before that I, I think Superman 3 was the first one I saw. But my mum was always like, no, it was the first one. I was, just couldn't remember. But Superman 2, yeah, it was, it was always... It was always on TV. I always watched it a lot. And I grew up, yeah, obviously, with the theatrical cut. I'd say later on, I sort of discovered the, the international cut or TV mm. cut. That was kind mm. of in the late 90s when you had forums where they were sharing all these tapes. And discovering it for the first time was like, it was, I don't know, it was it was a, it was was an amazing experience because I was seeing stuff I'd never, never seen, yeah. you know. And it was the early days of the internet and not everyone had shared this information. So seeing like, the, I think it was a US TV cut from ABC channel, then there was an Australian one, which had slightly more bits mm. in it. And then and then all this talk about you know, the, the footage of Marlon Brando and what potentially that could be. And then when we found out that it was going to be coming out on DVD, I was super excited. And I think I got wrapped up in the hype for mm. it, like everyone else, you know, to see this new version of Superman 2. And I, th- I think kind of within about six months to a year, I was like, mm, I don't particularly like this version. <laughs> and I always, I always just went back to the to the theatrical yeah. cut because I liked, I like had a better pace to it. It was structurally made made sense, and I loved the music by Ken Thorne. Yes. So and and, and Superman Two has like, like you know the best the best transformation of Clark into yes, Superman absolutely. that alley change. You know, it's just, it made just be one scene in a movie. I was just like, yeah, that's fucking cool. And then you've got him, you know, uh, care to step outside, General? You know, that sort of great moment where Superman's, you know, he's here to kick ass. And oh. uh, and it was, you know, but the weird thing is though, when you think about Superman too, it's like you think about the action, but there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid. You find yourself fast forwarding through a bit of the movie to get to the bit where you want to get to the bit, you know, the action bit. So there's a, you know, there's a, there's less Superman in it, and there's less Superman in the Donner cut. So that was annoyed me. Yeah. Uh, over to you, Zach. Uh, g- give us your your, your uh, experience with Superman two in a nutshell. Yeah, I grew up watching both Superman the movie and Superman two. My parents had yeah. recorded them off. HBO or some table channel without commercials, so I just watched those tapes over and over and over. <laughs> and uh, no three or four, though, when I was a kid, just one and two over and over and over. And, you know, I think as a kid, everybody loved Superman 2 more than Superman 1. It was like, oh, he gets to fight Kryptonians, and there's, you know, there's quote-unquote action. You know, that's a good point there. There's Is there really that much action? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, I don't know. I just, I just loved it, and it was so much of what is iconic about Christopher Reeve's Superman is in this is in this movie, yeah. and 
it's it's crushing the hand of Zod, the come, getting the powers back, coming back, even the stuff with Lois. I mean, the relationship goes to the next level here in, in a way that it really hadn't in lots of other multimedia by that point. We take it for granted now, but that was huge back then. I I, I love this movie. I watched it. I, this is one of my probably top ten favorite movies I've watched more than any other movie of all time. And uh, and and in the the internet days of the early two thousands, I, I came across Superman Cinema, where I first encountered encountered you, Oliver, and uh, I learned so much about what. It's so interesting to hear about this other version of this movie you think you know so well, and and you see still images. I'm like, what is it? Why is why is Christopher Reeve on set with Marlon Brando? What is this? You know, yeah. and then it evolves in this whole thing, and you hear rumors, and and uh, and, you, and it's become this mythical thing. And then the Donner cut actually happens, and you watch it, and you're you're like, oh, is that what we waited for? <laughs> you know, twenty twenty years for? Now there was some great stuff in it, right? But it's it, to me, it's less than some of its parts, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, I I I defer to the theatrical cut myself. Like if I, it's it's a complete film. You know, I mean, the, the Donner cut even has a little disclaimer at the beginning <laughs> where it's no, like apologizing okay. for not being a complete film. So, sorry, um, guys. Sorry, uh, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know, it's, you know. Uh, so, so I, I still love both versions of Superman 2. I, I did go in for a phase probably a few years ago. I was like, I'm just burned out on everything Superman 2. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to watch it anymore. We've analyzed it so many times, the different versions and, and the, the comparisons and this. But now I've just, I've learned to stop worrying and love Superman 2. Yeah. And that's where I am with it right now. I, I just want to thank Zach for uh, growing the General Zod facial hair for the podcast. Ooh. Our, our, our listeners can't see it, but uh, it's it's very sexy. <laughs> That's right. No matter if it takes an eternity, because it's taken me a while, but we'll see. Thank you. Uh, I, I'll, I'll echo what everybody else said. <laughs> it's only really dawned on me now that we, we really should have had like a pro Donner Cut person on this episode. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I, just like you guys, I grew up with Superman 2, loved it as a kid. I remember renting it with my brother, and then I watched it first, and I loved it so much that when he got up, we watched it again. Uh, I remember it coming on TV. I remember watching Supergirl for the first time on, on, I think it was on RTE, and then switching over to BBC 2 afterwards, and Superman 2 was on. I was like, yes, an even better movie. Uh, Or in that case. Didn't RTE actually show? The extended cut of Superman. They may, they may well have done, yeah. I because I because on the Superman Cinema forums there was a guy on there who was from Ireland and he yeah. had, you know, the pal a pal copy hmm. of the extended cut of Superman too. I was like, I think I, I, I don't ever remember one. seeing it myself on Irish television. Well, Alan, my friend James Halford, if you're listening, because that might have actually been him, because he's he's a professional editor. He grew up with a cut of Superman two that he saw on television. And it had the destruction of the fortress and it had all these extra General Zod bits and it had uh, loads and loads of bits that were not in the eventual DVD release. And when the DVD came out, he was very disappointed because there was all these scenes that he'd grown up watching that were missing. Mm. So I suspect that may have even been him because he's a massive Superman fan. Suffice to say, much like you, Zach, I do remember going on Superman cinema and seeing all these little screen grabs of extra scenes and hearing this mythic, all this mythic footage of Marlon Brando that was cut and then I remember the Superman homepage story that came and they were like, oh, there's a Donner Cook coming and everyone was so excited. And I sort of assumed that it would basically functionally be the same film plus or minus a couple of Jor-El stuff instead of Lara stuff. I thought that that was going to be the only difference. But lo and behold, there was an awful lot more that was different about it. And poor El Michael Thaw, me, me and Oliver were talking about this beforehand. Uh, the, the editor, Michael Thaw, or Michael Thaw, who edited the film, I think he got an awful 
an awful yeah. time from fans over the years for the job he did when in fact his job was not to create the ultimate version of superman 2 it was to do right by richard donner's original vision which was like from an earlier draft of the script before they finished superman mm. 1 so it was never going to be the superman 2 that richard donner was going to make anyway yeah so it was such a weird but the, the, situation there is a lot in. of like the audio mixing and stuff in that in that in, we'll get into the donner cut and stuff is just a mess yeah but yeah Absolutely. The audio cut and, and we, we were talking before, myself and Oliver, the score, the way he kind of cannibalizes John Williams score and just sort of yeah. reappropriates it into Superman 2, which doesn't work at da, da, all. Da, 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 like every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, he keeps using that alternative cue, Krypton or yeah. something. And this copy paste. There's a lot of copy paste, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I don't, I don't sucks. love Ken Thorne's scores as much as you do, Oliver. But I will agree, like it's absolutely the superior score. So much, I, I don't even think we need to. Get, I think we can all agree at the top that there's no, there's no defense for the score in the Donner Cut, and that. I just want to say, I just want to say that I do love Ken Thorne's score. So. <laughs> yeah, Th- there is a track "Lovers Fly North" and. It, however it's arranged in the theatrical cut is so so good and then when you watch in the Donner cut it's just mm. it's a disaster and they, they've clearly just taken <laughs> bits from anyway well it's like when you it's like when you see a, a fan edit right yes. and they just slap on like what if Danny Elfman composed <laughs> Batman, Batman Begins and it's like it doesn't or yeah that's even better yeah Danny Elfman Batman Forever even a better comparison like yeah that's a cool thought exercise but you just can't no. slap an existing track, and that's what the Donner Cut does. And I, I understand the, the thinking. I'm like, oh, it's John Williams. It has to be better. Mm. Well, not necessarily. Not if it doesn't fit what's what's going on. So they're all in agreement there, as you said. Yes. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share my screen, which is great for the, the listeners at home um, who, who can't see any of this. Um, I would like to uh, tell the listeners, though, that what we're going to do when we finish this is I'm going to open up this list and everyone will get to vote on what they prefer from each of these little segments we talk about and so we'll make the kryptonian council cut and then we'll make the all-star listeners cut of the movie wow you put um, a lot of thought okay. into this i put a lot of thought into this alan <laughs> so okay so we, we've bre- we've broken up the little segments feel free to chime in if you think i've missed anything and i probably have you uh, probably up, have not up first we have the opening of the film now, now not the not the credit titles of the film where we recap recap the first movie I'm talking specifically okay. about the opening scene. So in the theatrical cut, we open uh, with the Paris rescue that ends with Superman throwing the lift into space. And in the Donner cut, then obviously there's the original uh, opening in the newsroom. So I'm going to open it up to you, yeah. Alan, uh, in order of last name, Alan Burke. Tell us which is your preferred opening sequence of this movie. Paris all the way. Uh, Eiffel Tower, as Oliver said earlier on, the most iconic Superman, uh, Clark to Superman change in the entire series, maybe in live action, period. Um, that entire, like, I would often just watch that opening on its own, and Love it gives me goosebumps every single time. It is perfection. Um, the, the entire, I, I always laugh at the, at Lois in Paris, yeah. you know, hiding behind the car, sneaking behind the car in front of a load of people and using the, the translation book to confuse the, the cop and going up, you know, it, I just think it's great from start to finish. I, Hydrogen bomb? I have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just think yeah, it good. is like suspense as a kid. I had seen it a thousand times and every time I was on the edge of my seat wondering, was Superman going to get there in time? And then every time, every time he did, you know, I believe this is your floor. 
and that little Excellent. smirk oh my god it's perfection absolute they, perfection they did a callback to that in the animated series as well there, there's a line in that where he says excuse me miss i believe this is your floor love it and compared to the Donner cut, I like I can see what they were going for there, but there's something a bit too which is which is strange. There's something it's a lot more campy than the theatrical version, which is strange because it was shot by Donner and overall Lester's kind of known as the, the campier kind of style of directing. Um I always think Lois looks a little bit crazy and when she jumps out the window, like that's you know, that's that's a red flag. You you don't want to be getting in a relationship with that woman. <laughs> yeah, I agree, I agree. Okay, Oliver, where are you where now now keep in mind, gentlemen, if you vote on the Paris opening, it means that the method for which the Phantom Zone escape happens has to be the nuclear bomb from Paris. So okay. bear that in mind. Do you stand by that vote, Alan? Absolutely. Okay, over to you, Oliver. Where where do you stand on this? Yeah, I agree with Alan. Yeah, definitely opening in Paris. Start with action straight away. It's like a it's like an opening to a Bond film essentially. But you know, thankfully the cold opener kind of connects itself to the introduction of the villains. I love the miniature work. I love the optic stuff in it. Um, and it's, you've got like you know additional kind of uh, supporting characters and there the guy oh, what's his name from With Nail and I and Harry Potter yeah films. I just think of him as Uncle oh, Vernon yeah. every time I see him yeah it's always good seeing him and you know when he he throws the you know the, the lift into space I love that sort of shot where he lets go of the lift amazing sort of live in camera yes. optic work and then you've got the explosion which is great even though it's kind of slightly rushed sort of animated explosion of the, the literally the square glass yeah. But once it does explode, it's great. And um, I think that's the best way to start it because you you ultimately find out that, well, during the course of the movie, the next action sequence is going to be Niagara Falls. So to go straight into um, something that's outside of America as well, mm. going to Paris where it's very sort of, I just love the sort of, like it's miserable weather. It feels very sort of normal and real, yeah. you know, and, uh, and it's a terrorist attack. It's kind of contemporary kind of thing happening. So, yeah, I think it, it's best to start with that. Shut up. You're being released. Uh, over to you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Oliver, you mentioned those special effects. You know, I'm sure if they remade the Phantom Zone breaking apart in maybe like the 2000s, you CGI will look so much better, <laughs> right? Oh, That's no, funny. it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It breaks off into three. I, I never liked that. Yeah. So strange. Oh, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah I got to go with Paris as well. I will say... Uh, you know, Rob, you mentioned thinking about the Donner mm. cut. Oh, well, they're just going to switch out Marlon Brando for Susanna York, and that's going to be it. No, like this whole Daily Planet opening, I found delightful. Like I never even knew this scene existed. Mm. Like nineteen, I, I felt the same way as when the Star Wars special edition came out. I saw nineteen seventies Harrison Ford talking to CGI Jabba the Hutt, but still, it was a nineteen seventies Harrison Ford. So you see nineteen seventies footage of Christopher Reeve and Martin Kidder, and it was yeah. great to see and love the little Daily Planet interplay, giving Perry White a little more to do with them talking. Um, but it's got to go because the Paris opening is is far superior. Uh, again, if 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 this is not here, then when does Superman show up in the movie to save a kid on a boat? Yeah. Like later mm. on, like it's, it's you, need, you need this. Excellent. Point. Um, and we thought it would be so cool that like for years, like oh no, it's the missile from the first movie. It's it's all connected. And you in your in your mind, you think that's so cool, but then you see how they kind of haphazardly executed it's like yeah no no it's it, so as, as much as i like some of that new stuff we've never seen before and i like the clark and lois there and i will say it's it's way more ballsy lois lane to jump out of a skyscraper onto concrete than into a river if she really thinks clark is super bad um 
so so I, that did, that was impressive to me. But I have to, I have to go with Paris for all the all the reasons you guys said some iconic stuff as well. And I love the, the him throwing the elevator, or like you said, Oliver. That's a great it shot. Is, yeah. And the shock waves and all that. And he spins back towards Earth and uh, and the and the and if we're, again as I, as I kind of joked about off the top of this answer. If we have to compare the Phantom Zones breaking apart as part of this, then absolutely the Paris. <laughs> Freedom! <laughs> Free! But also, you know, I like the idea that, in well, it's a, in the theatrical cut of Superman 2, when he comes in and he's just saying hello to everyone, everyone's ignoring yeah. him. It's brilliant. And, and the hat, hat, yeah. And yeah, the that's excellent. So, you know, yeah, with Donna's one, you know, it, it, we've got the humour there, but it's... I don't know. I, I think her discovering that he is potentially Superman that early on is a bit too... I think it should always come I, a bit later. I, get even for her. I, I also hers. think mm-hmm. and then, the whole her drawing yeah, uh, the Clark Kent disguise... It, it, I mean, obviously, in the real world, we're thinking, why doesn't somebody <laughs> just do that? But it breaks the reality of the film so much that you're kind of, well, if she's going yeah. to do that, well, then everybody's going to just guess straight away. And you're yeah. kind of like, mm. maybe Superman should have posed with those pictures, Rob. Yeah, exactly. There's all these like, <laughs> it's like six photos of Superman in this two-page spread. It's crazy. Yeah. No, Oliver, that's a great point though. The the, the Daily Planet interaction between Clark and Lois, like they're friends, and like that's there, there's something to yeah. that. There's there's meat to their relationship in the Lester cut that's just not there in the Donner cut. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I I'm gonna Paris has officially won the the council decision. I will say very briefly. I also do prefer it, but I will say as well. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in that original Donner scene that I really like. I like when Clark says that, you know, Perry assigns him to the story in Niagara Falls and Clark is like, oh, well, I'm working on, on this series of stories about city council. And I just a nice bit of world building there where they actually establish mm. that he's he's oh, this sure. competent journalist that's actually able to do stories that aren't about Superman, you know. Um, <laughs> but And, and the, like... The, to Michael Taw's credit, that the the bit where he zooms through the newsroom, I think, looks kind of cool, uh, and I mm-hmm. think there's a bit of uh, CGI heat vision that looks kind of authentic to the time it's supposed to be. What doesn't look authentic, oh, yes. however, is the 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 clip art JPEG of Christopher Reeve that comes out of the window. Lois, what oh. have you done? <laughs> Lois, what have you done? Oh. It's, it's terrible. It's so it's bad. It's so like fuzzy. So fuzzy. Talking about you know like, all this controversy around you know, you know CGI recreations of actors, and in 2006 we probably had the worst <laughs> one ever. Oh, it's bad. For, for a movie that uses so much stock footage and stock audio, couldn't they just found another clip of Christopher Reeve saying "Wallace" or right? It's anything but that. Oh, so bad. Really, really so not bad. good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Paris scene is great. Uh, Mr. White, that's that. That's terrible. That's why they call them terrorists, Kent. Terrorists, Kent. Uh, just, just a great scene. <laughs> Don't stand around, Kent. And he's gone. Amazing. So good. And, anyway. You know, the, the, the transformation. Uh, you all said it. Like, people are always like, oh, well, Richard Lester didn't get Superman. That scene, 100%. It's like you could show aliens from space that scene and they would get Superman. <laughs> so if nothing else, Richard Lester mastered Superman, I think, in that scene in the Paris Rescue. We'll move on. Um, so officially now, we all agree that council decision is final. Paris opening is better. The next a unanimous decision by the unanimous <laughs> the vote must be unanimous Jorel. Uh, <laughs> we're on to probably the most divisive Donner versus Lester question. I have a funny feeling that we're all going to be on the same page again. <laughs> that is the question as to whether Lois discovering Clark's secret by way of jumping into Niagara Falls or shooting him with blanks in a screen test is superior. Alan, I'll let you take this one away. I presume this is going to go without saying, but again, I have to go with the theatrical cut and all of that Niagara Falls content. 
I mean, the one of the one of the major points with that is is that that entire sequence from beginning to end really focuses on the romance between Lois and Clark. You know, more so than anything that comes after, like the, the, everything that leads up to that jump into the into the water, and 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 Clark trying to save her, and it's fun, and it doesn't come across as crazy as jumping out of a out of a skyscraper building. But I think there's a lot more. <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's a lot more heart to all of that stuff than the 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 test footage that was used now and obviously i don't blame them for using the test footage that's all they had the the you know it was never really shot but it just it just works to pull me out of the out of the film every time i watch it it's just you know chris is it looks so different and you know he hasn't he hasn't embodied the character yet he hasn't kind of gotten it down yet and for lois i just think it it just comes across a it's silly with the gun and stuff and the blanks and you know even if she shot a blank would would Clark Kent not realize it was a blank and yeah you yeah. know it, it has to be for me it has to be the swim okay Oliver what's your take yeah I, I agree I mean yeah seeing the screen test does throw you out the movie and it's two screen tests coming mm-hmm. together yeah. you see Chris in the close-ups different to the the long shot uh, so it makes it more sort of jarring. I like the sort of idea that it's kind of ballsy in a way she's going to shoot him but it also throws in that Lois it's a bit bit crazy i think it falls in line with her jumping out of a window um but i like the idea of her sort of okay she's a safer option is to just jump in the in the river mm-hmm. right and but in that sequence there you've got comedy thrown into mm-hmm. it which you know is nothing wrong with comedy and yes. everyone sort of you know complains about the theatrical cut being asked too campy and stuff no comedy all the marvel films work as work extremely well because they've got a balance of action and yeah. comedy and the comedy is always good for a general audience, and Lester knew that. And um, so, and and Chris Reeve plays up to it big time, proper panicking, and you know, and then oh my god, to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes to he goes to pull her out of the water, and he just falls in <laughs> straight away. That's so good. I mean, showing that to people that don't really care about or not really invested in those movies, they love that sequence. And uh, yeah, that's and you know her, and also we'll be playing with the idea that uh, also you know he trips and. Uh, you know, and she discovers uh, was he? You know, his hand wasn't burnt, even though it's a kind of a, a cheap ploy mm-hmm. to sort of him. Oh, he why would he trip? Yeah. You know, Superman wouldn't do that, so he's done it kind of on purpose, yeah. perhaps to sort of just get this over and done with. I don't know, but it's still again a great performance with Ken Thorne's score with it. There, I think it re- it just it just play it just really it's simple. Mm. That's what I like about it. It's not shooting with a gun, maybe a bit over dramatic. But I like the idea, the simplicity of it all, and their, and their performances. Uh, just because they're, they're, they're just they're just both so into the characters yeah. characters now, and um, and you sort of buy into it. You know, I think it's, it just seems a little bit more, perhaps a bit more realistic. Mm. Zach. Yeah, I have to go with the Niagara Falls and the pink bear tripping. Yes, I know people. You know that we like Duncan on the pink bear, right? But you know, she said Lois says something that's pretty romantic. Like maybe you didn't want to with your head. But she wanted to with your heart. I'm like, oh, that's that's romance yeah. right there. I, I that that sells it for me. And also, we have the reverse angle of the uh, transformation in the first movie from Clark to yes. Superman, where he takes the glasses off of that. We see he goes up the stairs, and then we see his his shoulders stand mm. up tall, and he turns around and he's Superman. All elements because there's unfortunately with the with the shooting uh, the, for the test screenings, there's no follow up. No. It's like, hey, I got you with a blank, and they have a cute like smile with each other. But there's no follow up from there, and then they're flying off to the fortress, and it's just mm. that you need more. And and I know for years we heard about this this alternate Lois finds out scene, and it sounded so enticing to us, but we didn't realize that they never shot it, and they only had test screenings. And to me, it breaks 
the illusion of, of when he has different glasses. Like mm. if, if the glasses were just a little more yeah. consistent, maybe I could be a little more uh, cool with it. But it's just there's two there's not enough there. And I just I like the I like the way it is in the theatrical one. It's just it's it's a more complete thing, which is I guess the theme of of a lot of these uh, debates are going to be. But it's a more complete moment of Lois finding out the secret with the tripping into the fire. Yeah, I, I, you've you've pretty much said I was everything I was going to say is like the crucial thing <laughs> for me is it is a more romantic scene and it, and it comes from Superman genuinely being in love with Lois and choosing to share this with her and I think he absolutely is choosing to do it even if subconsciously or consciously he doesn't realize and you know the huge problem for me watching the Donner Cut the other day was yeah there's no scene where either of them profess their love to each other it's just literally she shoots them and then suddenly they're in love with the fortress of solitude it doesn't it doesn't and the pink polar bear people got so annoyed about that back in the day they were like oh yeah every, anything could be better than the pink polar bear it's like it's supposed to be a tacky house that's the whole reason they're there is to expose this tacky yeah. expensive you know Plus getaway for it, newlyweds it's if supposed you get to be rid- that if you get rid of Niagara Falls and take it out of the film, you lose that great rescue of the boy who falls off the into Niagara Falls. That is in the Donner Cut as well, though, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. my they, apologies. They shorten that scene. <laughs> no, they shorten those scenes for some reason. Like there's a whole thing yeah, afterward, and right. They oh, speed up I Superman see. flying Sorry. down to the Niagara Falls, doesn't don't they? They speed it up. Oh, because there's the a jump cut. cut. It's like. Because he flies down, goes da da da. It's like super slow. It's like the kid would be drowned by now. But they speed it up, and then when he catches him, they, they cut back to Lois, and then cut back to Superman. Instead of in right. the film, it's like a it's like a quick cut. It's a jump cut from. in the theatrical yeah. one. That was a good edit. That was a good editing this choice by the Donner yeah. cut. So let's give credit where credit's due. <laughs> so. I just want to point out as well. I've been to Niagara Falls twice, and ever both times I've been, I was like. You couldn't fall into Niagara Falls the way the kid does in the movie. There's like, Don't ruin it, Rob. There's like several feet of grass that he would fall onto first. Anyway. I actually saw that. Jim Jim and Jay went, uh, did, a, did a, a visit to Niagara Falls. It's on YouTube, actually. And they show that, actually, there's kind of a, a grassy knoll or whatever yeah. you want to call it, kind of underneath. Yeah. Grassy knoll. That's, <laughs> that's a different connotation there, Alan. At least in America. Yeah, yeah. The kid got shot in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so now I think I think we've 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 reached a consensus on that one as well. That the uh, that the pink polar sure, bear definitely yeah. is a superior scene. We're on to some of the more itty bitty ones now that I think people might be a little bit more divisive on. First one up is mm. Lex meets Lara, and uh, depending on you know your, your allegiance, uh, Lobot slash Blofeld from For Your Eyes Only, or <laughs> Lex meets Jor-El. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, in the theatrical cut, Lex meets, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude and we see um, the hologram of Lara explaining who General Zod is. And we also see actor John Hollis uh, read a Joyce Kilmer poem that wouldn't have been written by the time Krypton exploded. In the Donner cut, we actually see Marlon Brando and he explains who the the Phantom Zone gang is. Uh, And the, the shots of Gene Hackman don't change, which I think is so cool. So over to you, Alan. Which one? Which one of the two now? In this case, do you prefer? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty on the fence with this. I, I'm not as um, I'm not as uh, my opinion isn't as strong. Um, but I think I have to go with Marlon Brando. I just think it's it's stronger overall. I I, I really enjoy the Brando stuff here. I yeah. enjoy the Brando stuff throughout the film. Um, and it was great to see. And I always, even when I was a kid, always wondered who the guy talking about the tree was and what the relevance of that was. Um, and I'll get into the Lara stuff later because I do like that they gave Lara something to do in this movie. But yeah. I have to go with Marlon Brando in this. Awesome. Uh, Oliver? Yeah, I'll go with Brando as well because, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think Lara works later on. Mm. 
But for this sequence here, where he's passing on information, thinking it's his son, um, it should be Donna. It should be um, sorry, Brando. But uh, the annoying thing is they don't. They didn't adjust the colours to make his face like black mm. and white, like in yes. the first one. And it's all just like this kind of just ginormous head, the sort of like from the side angles. It's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But it's like they cut up. Obviously, they cut up a lot of the sort of uh, banter between Miss Tessmarker and Lex for both mm. versions. Because in the, I'm sure in the international cut. That that sequence is actually played out. Oh, a bit it's longer. much longer, yeah. Like perhaps so, and obviously they throw in the toilet gag. But I think I'd drop the toilet gag and sort of <laughs> just have more of the sort of the discussion of them sort of bickering. I think that that whole scene kind of works really well, and um, yeah, so definitely go with Jarrell for that sequence. Zach, you know you mentioned editing and extensions. There there is the voodoo cut. I've heard of this of Superman to the Donner cut, which had a, the, even the, this scene was even extended there, which. As I, as I learned from CapeWonder.com recently, since uh, Superman 2 has been upgraded to 4K on Voodoo, mm. that v- cut no longer exists. It's been erased from existence. But anyway, it just it's insane. Even beyond all the cuts we know, there's these minor other cuts. Um, for this scene, I am going to have to go with Jarrell. Uh, I do agree, Oliver. It's very strange that they didn't add any sort of special effect. And th- it didn't even have to be like Superman the movie, like the theatrical. It could have been like the extended Superman the movie where he's like green and more hazy, mm. like anything other than just a, mm. a photoshopped, you know, blue screen, whatever, Marlon Brando just had. And the, the, pre- the presentation is a little odd, I guess, but other than that. It's got a weird, like, sort of mesh effect over his yeah. face. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, it's like a really bad, like, composite. I don't know what they tried to do with that. No, Maybe no. they just couldn't finish it, but yeah. it should have just been black and white, made his head a bit smaller and had, like, a glowing effect. That is a piece yeah. of piss. It, it didn't need to be, like, bouncing all around either yeah very strange no he's no, like palms like, yeah. like, my, my head cannon is like when you see, when you see like the 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 affected more roland brando it's like the live interactive program that chris reeves talks to and in these just straight up weird images that's recordings that's yeah. my only explanation um but no it, make, it makes that makes no sense that there should not be elders of krypton in these crystals because jarell made these and so, like, no one else knew about this. So, I, I don't know. I don't think we should see Lobot or, or Also, Lara. he wasn't a fan of the Elders, was he? No. <laughs> he disagreed with him. Why would he want you them know. training his son about stuff? But, uh, but no, it's, it, for this, and I, I agree with, with, with y'all, for this scene, I'm going to go with Jarrell. I might not across the board when it comes to this stuff in ah. the Fortress, but I'm going to go with Jarrell for this time. Uh, I'm going to be the lone voice of dissent on this one. I will agree that I think the Jorel stuff is objectively better and more cinematic. And I think the, the the shots they show of the Krypton gang where they zoom right in on Zod's face and all that, I think it's really, really effective. But I just have too much of a nostalgic attachment to uh, John Hollis saying, a poem as lovely as a tree. I just, <laughs> and I honestly, I, I, need I, I like the idea friend. that there's all these other elder voices in in the fortress crystals like it was born out of necessity yeah. because the salkines didn't that's have... the superman 4 fan in you talking it is about, it 100 is betrayed betrayed, betrayed. <laughs> what is the kryptonian obsession with trees you go to supergirl and they're he's they're talking about trees and explaining what a tree is yeah. what is this because obsession? they have no trees alan because <laughs> they have no trees on krypton just ice that makes sense actually um i think it's white it's be like oh get the migraine again you'd be like plastic but, force uh, yeah, so look, the council has voted. The, the vote has not been unanimous, but I'm going to give it to Jarrell in this ah. case. Uh, the next one is a much more minor change, but in fact, perhaps the most important debate of the whole discussion. In the scene with Sheriff J.W. Pepper from uh, James Bond, where he talks to mm. his colleague, in the original theatrical cut, there's a whole extended conversation about this restaurant and whether oh, yeah. he'd like to order the fish <laughs> or not. 
and then the Donner cut, that's all gone. Very quickly, would people vote to keep the Sheriff J.W. Pepper with or without the fish? Alan. This was the decision that weighed most heavily on me over the, <laughs> the last number of nights. Um, and <laughs> it is it may, in fact, be, all joking aside, the most accurate depiction of what cops talk about in police cars. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, not one week ago, I was ordering food for my partner uh, at work, and uh, he couldn't decide what he wanted, and I, I was placing the order. And eventually, he turned to me and said, just get me anything except the fish. <laughs> and straight away, wow. I smiled, and he was like, what's so funny? I was like, you you wouldn't understand. Uh, it has, the fish has to stay, yeah. The, the amount of time I have spent trying to figure out what I'm going to have for my dinner uh, with guys at work in, in the in the patrol car, one hundred percent, the fish have to has to stay. They have a wide selection, <laughs> Oliver. Uh, come out with a rash, really. <laughs> um, well, it's yeah, it's got to be like anyway. It's, if if you're going to cut out humour, then it's not it's not unnecessary humour. I think it just adds a little bit of characterisation. You know what I mean to these two who we're going to see for the next twenty five minutes, so or maybe less than that. But I think yeah, I think keep it in. Okay, uh, Zach. So it's Leicester. So yeah, I gotta go without the fish. Uh, I think one of the strongest things of the Donner cut is getting rid of a lot of this nonsense. (laughs) And this, to me, this counts as that nonsense. And I'm glad it was gone. And and without the fish for me, without the fish. Okay, Uh, they have a wide selection. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I gotta keep this. So sorry. Yeah, fish. I don't need to explain why. Yeah. So the council has voted. Although I, I really, I genuinely did laugh out loud when I saw this on the category list. So well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and just to point out, this scene is notable in that in the Donner Cut, uh, the quote unquote Donner Cut, this is the only scene in the Donner Cut where there is still a trace of the extra Richard Lester powers. Because we see mm. uh, Zod use his heat vision on the, uh, not the lieutenant's uh, gun. And then he uses the force to, to carry it yeah. over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, yeah. the only thing. All the other new powers are gone on the Donner Cut except that. But we'll get back to that. The next scene is, the, the next segment is very, very important as well. Powerless Kent Canoodle or Super Sex. So for anyone who doesn't remember, because this one is a little bit more of a, of a minor change. In the original Lester Cut, Superman loses his powers and immediately has sex with Lois Lane. It's very romantic. In the Donner Cut, however... He has the sex first, purely because there's a scene when he's talking to Jor-El and you see him flying very, very briefly. He flies from one pillar in the fortress to another. So I guess the editor had to establish that he still had his powers at this point. So it's 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 a very, very minor change. But I, I wanted to get people's thoughts on this because whether or not Superman can have sex with, with humans is often a contentious point amongst fans, especially Kevin Smith. So I just wanted to briefly get your take on that. Alan. I think the the super sex has to stay um, because if it doesn't stay, it doesn't really make any sense why Superman would have to give up his powers. I, like now, now, hang on, you're saying the super sex has to go. He needs to be powerless. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, he needs yeah. to be. He needs to be. Yeah, he needs yeah. to be powerless because if he's not, if, the, I always interpret it well as an adult, maybe not as a kid, that the in, in order to have a proper romantic relationship with Lois, he has to give up the powers because in mm. this version, he'll kill her. Um, so it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for him to give up the powers if that's that's how I personally have always interpreted it that in order to to have a, a, a fulfilled relationship with Lois and experience fulfilled, it you say sorry fulfilled and experience it in in you know fully that it he has to give up the powers so it has to be powerless for me very good Oliver 
yeah, powerless for me. He has to make a sacrifice. Yeah. So that that makes logical sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's, when you, it's weird when you think about it, how they've edited it. But yeah, it, yeah, definitely no powers. It's weird when he goes powerless, he just turns into Christopher Reeve. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just has his, has his hair. <laughs> 80s hair, you know. It's great. Zach? Yeah, I got to go powerless as well. I mean, that to me, that's like, yeah, this is why you have to do this. Uh, without it, it's like, what? Why do you even have to give up your powers anyway? At that point, so so I, I think it plays that way in the film, and that's the way I like it. It Works for me. Uh, yeah, it's four for four on this one. I I will say I did find it interesting watching the Donner <clears throat> Cut first. That 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 did change that way, and I I think there is something to be said for how it's less about the physical effect he will have on a human and it's more just the overall cumulative effect of mm. him being Superman and his role in the world doesn't doesn't gel well with having a human partner. Now, I have a larger point I want to make about that separately, well, maybe for another episode, but I, yeah, I have to say the context of the theatrical cut, I think it is a little bit stronger that he has to lose the powers before any of that can happen. And, and it's a simpler way to tell the story. So four for four. Yeah. The next one is very interesting because it's only in the restored international cut uh, you'll remember the scene where uh, Non takes down the, the siren off the police car and Zod says, uh, I like the glow like our Krypton red sun, but not this annoying noise or something like that. Um, <laughs> in the restored international cut, you'll remember the little uh, androgynist East Houston child from England. Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. <laughs> Please put my daddy down. Please, Mr. General. In the it really is it really <laughs> is kind of like a, a, it's not an american view of america at all it, it's you can yeah yeah no. <laughs> it's like shot in, it is, yeah. it's shot in milton keynes my question it, to the but... council is did this child deserve to die because in the restored international court either non or zod i can't remember one of them throws the siren at the child and non throws them. it yeah so, uh, Alan, did this child deserve to die? No, he didn't deserve to die. No matter how annoying him and every other child in the Superman franchise, be it Jeremy or Ricky or the kid who <laughs> fell into Niagara Falls, all the kids are terrible in this in this, in this series. But uh, no, I I like the fact that um, Lester got rid of, uh, uh, or that uh, the Donner Cut gets rid of a lot of the campy humor and stuff, as, as Zach said earlier on. But no, I, I, I don't like this. I, I think it's a little bit too much. What's what's uh, the line? What's the line? Zod says, uh, and he shall never grow to be a man, or something. Yes, that's what Ursa says. <laughs> Ursa so says it. Sorry, yeah. Oh, oh, oh wait, yeah, yeah. No, too much. Well, this, this scene is in the other cut of Donner. The, the, other Donner the cut, voodoo Donner that, cut. Yeah, yeah, it's in that version. Um, I I would let the kid die. No, actually, cool. You want it. You want it. You want to show that the the villains from Krypton don't care. Mm-hmm. They meet. You know, anyone who disagrees with them or tries to alert whatever, uh, they're gonna be punished. And you got to show because he says in the first in the first movie, um, how Ursa had hurt children or something right, like yeah. that. That's a, a line. So you want to continue that thread. That you know that 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 group don't care. So yeah, I like a little bit of just a little bit of you know harshness to these characters. <laughs> Zach. I 100% agree. It, it pays off, like it, like you said, Oliver, in the first movie. Like they say, Ursa has threatened even the children of planet Krypton. And she kills, or they, she's excited about them having killed a child here. And, and it, it, it adds a little bit of edge to the villains. And yeah, it's the kid is campy and he's, he shouldn't be English because it's America and whatever. But like, it's it's fine. Please don't it's, have it's, my daddy. Uh, <laughs> please, Mr. General. Please, sir. Mr. General. So I, would, terrible, I definitely keep it. Terrible in. effect where he's floating. Yeah, it's so shit. <laughs> 
Hey! <laughs> and so that crash mat covered in like mud. Uh, so yeah, I I agree with Oliver and Zach. Uh, I think in defense of the Donner Court and definitely the the restored international court, there's loads of extra General Zod stuff that is amazing and makes him feel a lot more menacing and less like this kind of oblivious kind of just. Oh, well, I don't know, like pets, you know. There's a lot of scenes in the in the <laughs> theatrical cut, especially the one that we had on DVD, the shortened theatrical cut, where General Zod is kind of just like, oh, I don't know, he just kind of like obliviously sort of saunters through the movie a little bit. Whereas in those original scenes, he really seems nasty and sadistic, and that this is a perfect example. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I I vote for the child to die. Uh, next one, very quickly. This is a minor cosmetic difference. The Mount Rushmore reface. Or the Washington Monument collapse. So in the theatrical cut, we see heat vision uh, hitting the Mount Rushmore and all the faces changing. Whereas in the Donner cut, and I don't know if this was in the script or if this was, again, just an effort to tone down the humor. We just see the Washington Monument fall over and it's far less of a thing. Uh, Alan, what's your take? What do you prefer? Again, I like the campiness of the of the Mount Rushmore but I think I'm going to have to go with the more bland uh, Washington Monument I think I prefer it overall I think it makes okay. more sense okay very good uh, Oliver uh, yeah I'm going with the Washington Monument oh, wow. because it like it's it, when you when you see it like happen in the theatrical cart where they destroy you know, the, uh, the Mount, Mount Rushmore reface uh, you've got they've got like a camera crew. They're watching on TV. They've already got you know. It doesn't kind of make sense. They've got there so quickly. It's also it would have made sense if they they just attacked like, well they, hadn't, they just attacked Washington mm. and then you got a was it after that? No, it's after that. It happens after they've met the president. Yeah. right. No, it's they're coming I mean, towards. Yeah, they're flying yeah, to yeah, right? Washington. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, it makes yeah, sense right, yeah. for them to sort of destroy that. To sort of just say, hey, hey, you know, we're we're coming to coming to get you. So yeah, Washington Back. for me. This is a tough one. Uh, I've heard you describe Superman 2 as a cartoon, yeah. another podcast, Rob, yeah. and I think I agree with you on that. So the, the the Mount Rushmore thing works as a cartoon. But again, if we're trying to like make these guys serious and cut out some of the nonsense, as fun as a cartoony idea that is, is that, oh, look, isn't it cool we turn the, Wash- the, the Mount Rushmore into ourselves? They don't know what that is. That doesn't make any sense. They're not going to just fly by it, and it's going to look like them after one blast of heat vision. So... I got to go with the uh, Washington Monument because, as you guys said, it just makes sense. Wow. I'm really surprised by this. Um, I'm, I, I have to vote for Mount Rushmore. I think it's, it's more visually <laughs> interesting. It's, it's more memorable as a child. And it's just, I, I, you know, w- w- when he says thousands of hours to create and they just they defaced it in minutes, it's far more, it hits you far more when it's Mount Rushmore, when you actually really appreciate the design and the, hour, the man hours that went into it. Whereas the Washington Monument, it's like the spire here in Dublin. It's a big spire, stick. Yeah. It's like big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Build another stick. I don't know. <laughs> Um, As an American, I say the Washington Monument was a lot of hard work. Yeah, I respect the amount of hours okay, yeah. that were you, put you, into you, construction. You, you, yeah, you, you really for, took yeah. away the significance of the Washington Monument there, Rob. <laughs> it's stick. Sorry, guys. It's just a pile of bricks. Um, <laughs> the, next one, the next change now is very, very interesting. Again, it's something that's only in the Restored International Court for good reason, because it's the most ridiculous scene in it. Um, as, as all <laughs> the kind of uh, Kryptonian invasion stuff is going on uh, and we see the, the poor hapless East, Hi- East Houston, Idaho news reporter talking about it, we cut to these reactions of people around the world watching the footage and it's just the most like nonsensical it reminds me so much of <laughs> 
the stuff in Superman 3 that nobody likes. Not not the stuff that's underrated. The stuff that nobody likes. Like, you know, people getting pied in the face and the scene where the man puts a lemon in his wife's face. And basically, That's my, fa- that's my favorite scene. We, we see a woman... <laughs> pie in the face. We see a woman there. watching TV and she's watching a boxing match. She's like, yeah, hit him, hit him, get him, hit him. And then it cuts to general zod or whatever and she's like honey there's something wrong with the tv and it's just this whole back and forth and then we see a man in japan like just this really racial stereotype cutting up fish i think and he's like oh there's too much violence on television it makes me so angry and then he starts cutting the fish more angrily and his daughter's (laughs) like shut up daddy or something it's ridiculous anyway alan have you seen this and oh yes (laughs) yeah yeah i I, I think we should keep it mainly because I <laughs> okay. uh, am in favor of the racial stereotyping. Um, okay. No, it has to. It has to go. It has to go. <laughs> it's <enough>. terrible. <laughs> uh, Oliver. Oh God. Um, I had to remind myself of the scene it's and rewatched bad. it. I, it's bad and it's like stereotypes, but it's. I re, I found it really funny when woman just goes. Literally in the seconds, it changes tenor. She goes, "Who are you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like. And then, like, the girl telling him to shut up. I don't know. I like the... I think the concept of it, it yes. works in terms of, like, I love to show, like, there's, you know, people, other people around the world are sort of experienced this and seeing it on TV. It's, like, before, like, live coverage of sort of, like, you know, reaction, you know I mean, events in the news where it's, like, rolling news or 24-hour mm. news. So I like the fact that it's kind of just, like, there, they're watching it. But I think if it was handled a bit better... Um, but, I mean, it's just like a kind of throwaway sort of yeah. gags. I mean, yeah, I think it probably needs to go, but... I I do find it. So you are you definitely voting no? Yeah, I got to vote no. All right, uh, uh, Zach. Yeah, they have to go. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. This <laughs> is just stuff that they put in for the you know. There's a reason it's in the restored international cut to stretch these movies out for a longer period of time to break it up over two nights, etc. And I yes, I have a co- I have a two disc DVD copy for the restored international cut I got on the internet years ago, so I have seen these. Uh, and yeah, they they got to go. <laughs> Very good. Um, I have that same two disc version, and I, I will agree that this has to go. Uh, it's 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 one of the few things where I was like, there is absolutely no reason for this. Shout out to Man of Steel. We talked in our Man of Steel episode about how, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about this, but there is so much of these first two Donner movies in Man of Steel, hmm. and that that's mm, one yeah. scene that they definitely do better in Man of Steel is all these yeah. people around the world watching Zod's message and. It's really effective. It makes it feel like a worldwide threat, whereas in this, it just feels like a, a worldwide yeah. farce. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Now, this is probably one of the two or three most significant changes in the whole thing, and um, I think we're going to have some divisiveness here again. So, Superman talking to Lara in the Lester Cut about how much he loves Lois and wants to be with her, or are we choosing Kal-El, and I'm underlining that, Kal-El talking to Jor-El and this is the famous depowering scene which is in both versions of the movie which version do you prefer uh, Alan you see this is where it starts to get complicated because yeah. you you might prefer a scene but then overall in the context of the film as a whole is that the route you want to take so from my point from my point of view um Speaking to Lara, I have always liked a lot because I think really, like, personally, if it was me and I had girl troubles, I would talk to my mom about it. And I think a lot of guys are like that. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to talk to his mother about it. And I, again, I like the fact that Lara had something to do in this film and that you get to see this relationship. Saying that, 
I really, really enjoyed all the Marlon Brando stuff here. There, there is stuff I have issues with, and we'll, I'll talk about that later on when we get to scenes later on. Um, but like, as what's basically a two-part film, Carl speaking to Jorel in relation to the depowering, and then later on getting his powers restored, it really brings that whole arc to a to a, a conclusion. That entire, yeah. you know, the father becomes the son, and the son becomes the father, and everything that was said in the first film. Um, for the context of this, though, thinking about it now, I hadn't actually made my mind up before I sat down here. Yeah, I think, I think I'm actually going to go with the Lara stuff. I, I, I really, I really do love the Brando stuff in this film overall. But I, I like the fact that Superman talks to his mom about his, about his, his love for Lois. I, I think I'm going to have to go with Lara on it. Very nice. Yeah. Well said, Oliver. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Lara as well because that scene always sort of yeah. chokes me up yeah. a little bit when he says he goes, "Mother, I love her," you know, and she sort of just stares at him, but of course it's like a recorded message. But it's and 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 again, the score underneath really plays up to that. And then when he says, you know, "I love her," and he cuts to Lois, she sort of, she just sort of closes her eyes and sort of like you know, she's oh my god, she you know he loves me. Um, and yeah, and, and it makes sense what Alan said. Like, you know, we all us guys, you know, we've probably spoken to our mum about, you know, stuff like this in the past. So it all plays into that and it's and um and it's and obviously we've chosen for him to go powerless sort of, you know, earlier on. So oh, yeah. it kind of plays mm. into that. Yeah, you would have to keep Lara's scene, I think. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go with Lara. Lovely. Zach. So I think I'm gonna go with Jarrell. Yeah. Cool. I like you know what the deciding factor to me, honestly, is is it not so much the conversation, right? Because Christopher Reeve, better actor, three years later when he's talking to someone reading Susanna York's lines, because surely she wasn't there. Mm. Uh, but you know, uh, the depowering though, I've never liked it. Like I never liked <laughs> yeah. the it's so 1980s. Like we're gonna turn you into a skeleton and all these things. And it, <laughs> yeah. And then he fades into like he fades his fades into Christopher Reeve in a oh, shirt yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. And they some it's like their thinking was, oh, well, <laughs> we have that other scene where he was dressed like this, and those scenes are gone. But I guess we need to make him look like this now. I don't know, maybe just a wardrobe thing. It was just very strange that Superman faded away and Clark was there. And it's just and then if you think about how the switcheroo works at the end of the movie. Yeah, that doesn't happen to the villains. They don't turn into skeletons and walk yeah. through. Yeah, because he rejig- he rejigs it. He rejigs it. Too. <laughs> anyway, I just to me like that. Plus, I mean, it's Marlon Brando and Susanna York is yeah. great, but I did the Jarrell stuff. You know, that is the following through. He's been talking to his dad the whole time. We I picked. We all picked. You know, Jarrell earlier, or other than Rob. Rob picked Laura earlier, but most of us picked Jarrell earlier from the talk to. I'm continuing that on and i'm gonna for a lot of reasons like that i'm going with Jarrell. though i see a lot of merit than lara stuff i gotta go with Jarrell if i had to pick that's a tough one though it's a really mm. tough one yeah mm. it is mm. it's really yeah. tough isn't it it's tough you you could you could do a combination if you're like a fan mm. of, of both of them yeah to show that they're both there for this moment but it'd be tough to do but um there could be a way around it you know. For me, uh, th- this is the toughest one for me. I feel like Christopher Reeve is a lot stronger in the Lara scene, and he's talking more like a human man. Yeah, saying, you know, yeah, mother, his, his acting gets a lot better. So like, much wrong, better. doesn't it? When he says, when he says, he shouts out, "Father!" It's so much better in a the theatrical cut. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. He, she's all I want in life. It's so natural the way he's talking, and it feels like 
he's, it's Superman, like it's really him talking. Whereas when when he's talking to Jor El in the original footage, yeah, it's very Shakespeare in the park. It's like after all I've done for them, must I finally be denied the one thing in life? It, it doesn't even sound like the way he's, his voice. He's, He's willing. He's willing to sort of just give up being Superman because he just thinks like, "Oh, I've done everything." For You've been Superman like, for a week, man, or something like a very short amount of time. Yeah, if you, if you, yeah, if you think about it, and um, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the characterization of him in that Donner cut. It, it almost feels like this is one of the scenes that if Donner had stayed on, he would have reshot that scene. Yeah, like it's yeah, because because Marlon Brando's not so. even in it. You just got to get Chris Reeve back, and you know, it's one of those ones where yeah. I'm like, I don't even think this would have been in the final. Richard Donner directed Superman 2. And we'll, we'll, there's another scene like that coming up later. But yeah, mm-hmm. I because uh, it definitely looks better. Like Jeffrey Unsworth, I'm assuming, shot the original footage and it looks beautiful and everything is just so carefully framed and lit. And then you cut to the Richard yeah. Lester one and it just looks mm-hmm. like a 70s sitcom. It doesn't look <laughs> as good. And Zach, to your point, yeah, like the, the, the molecule chamber, we'll get to that again. It looks very cheap in the Lester shots. Whereas yeah. in the original, it just looks like it's seamlessly part of the... The fortress, you know, yeah. Oh, I don't know though. I, I, oh, it's 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 hard for me to say, but I I think I'm for all the reasons Oliver and Alan. I think uh, I, I'm gonna have to go Lara, re- very reluctantly go with Lara because I yeah. think this mm-hmm. is some of the best Marlon Brando stuff in either film. But I just think overall the scene works a little bit better with uh, with Lara for all the reasons we've said. Um, I I touched upon this. This is just very briefly again. I don't know if anybody else even thought about that the difference between the molecule chamber from version to version. You kind of touched on it, Zach. If anybody has any thoughts, do you prefer the molecule chamber in Donner or Lester, Alan? Mm. I'm going with the theatrical uh, Lester version because, like, yeah, it's 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 corny and it's campy and it's weird and it doesn't make much sense. Uh, but I grew up on it and I remember it kind of scared me as a kid and I just have this kind of nostalgia thing for seeing the, the it was almost like horror, you know, the, the, the layers of his body kind of disappearing and everything. No, I, I'm going to keep it. I, I just enjoyed it. Oliver? Uh, yeah, I think it's visually interesting in the Leicester one. Also, it sort of throws in like two scenes from the deleted scenes from the mm. theatrical yeah. cut of Superman. No, the extended cut of T- Superman the movie. Um, I like the way it's sort of the Hellraiser type steps away things before Hellraiser. Um but yeah, it does is a bit goofy, and as you say, Laz, when he sort of bought, it's always kind of interesting visually. The right, you see him, uh, Superman fade away. Yeah, I think that's quite. I don't know. It's quite poignant, sort of seeing the sort of visually. I think visually, it's just more interesting, even mm. though the Donna one is more subtle, and it kind of makes sense logically, like in terms of like it's. It, I don't know. It. <sighs> It's a tough one. I think I'll go Lester because it's just visually more interesting. I always took that as more of a metaphor, you know, the the Superman remaining in the in the chamber and fading away. Uh, that's how I, uh, I always viewed it that way. Mm. Zach? Uh, I'm going to go with Donner. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with Donner. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I understand what all you guys are saying. I just, I don't know. It just never, it just, seem, it just seems weird and goofy and, and leftover stuff. And I it, is, it is I interesting. And the in the in the Donner version though, I mean, this this is one of the worst cases of the like music stuff when the when the fortress is blowing up. But I like the the vibe of like Jarrell's kind of mad at Lois. It's interesting. Like that whole vibe there is interesting. Like the execution is flawed, but I I feel like it's flawed on both. And if I had to pick, I'll pick Donner. You mentioned that Zach about you know Brando looking or does Jarrell looking at Lois? It's like it's it's really weird. Like they don't you never tell if it's a recorded message or is actually his spirit there. Because we know he, mm. he uses all the energy to appear in front of him, but mm. he's kind of 
Isaac is so intelligent. He's thought ahead that you would disapprove, and she'd be looking, and he'd be looking to the right, to the right, <laughs> you know, to see her, see this woman. Um, yeah, I'm always a bit confused by that. But it's I, a vague thing, and it kind of works. It's this fantasy mm. sci-fi thing, the Jor-El part of it all, right? Mm. I, I have always read it your way, Zach, though, that the, the green, the main green power crystal generates this actual, like, AI version of Jor-El that is, like, talking to him live. And yeah. It's, mm. it's, 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 like, far more advanced technology. And, like, that's it's like why chat it's, GPT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's why we get that kind of black and white shimmering version. But then whenever yes. we see the clearer version, it's, it is literally just a recording. It's just something like Wikipedia or Encarta more so. Uh, Why do they make that crystal green? I've always wondered that because yeah. I always thought that that would just confuse general audiences. Yeah, well, when well, I showed that to friends yeah. in high school, they were like, "Oh, it's kryptonite." I'm like, "It's not kryptonite." I don't know why you say that, but it's, it's very confusing, Alan. I agree. In the Superboy show, Alan, you might remember that they made the crystal purple because they knew that that didn't make sense. So <laughs> once again, oh, Superboy. I actually, I actually don't remember that, Rob. <laughs> rites of passage, rites, rites of passage, Oliver. I believe season four, the final episode. Yes, yes, and I can't. It's so weird because I can't mention Superman, can they? Like you, no, that's up right. To yeah, these, blah blah right. blah. And it's got like I don't know. Who, you won't who, be called Superboy anymore. <laughs> Superman thing. The um, I don't know who plays Jarrell actually. No it's, no, it's an older Superman, isn't it? It's an older Superman. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're um, thinking. Of, you're thinking of uh, the George Lazenby bit. R- yeah, Ron, Ron Eli, a Tarzan actor, played That's the right. older Superman. Yeah, yeah. Why well, reviewed the thing? I just can't bloody remember. But George yeah. Lazenby played fake Jor-El. I can't wait to talk about that episode sometime. Oh, it's <laughs> we so will. Funny. We will. I I don't. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. This. Um, I think the Lester stuff is kookier and more kind of memorable. And I always like that there's like a panel that slides into place in the Lester molecule chamber. And mm. it kind of like shudders into place awkwardly. And it always looks a bit cheap, I think. Mm. But again, nostalgia wins the day. I can't help but pick the one that I, I grew up with, even though I think the Donner version is is more subtle and probably objectively better. I'm going to go uh, Lester. For anyone at home uh, who I, I, I've written down mm. this as Zordon, because the power chamber in the molecule chamber always reminds me of Power Rangers in the Lester cut. Um, <laughs> I see it. So now... <laughs> This is probably the most important question uh, next Ooh. to Sheriff J.W. Pepper and the fish. The new powers question, right? So uh, bear in mind, the magic kiss is its own topic that we'll discuss later on. But I want to just briefly talk about people's thoughts about the random extra mm-hmm. Richard Lester powers in Superman 2, the theatrical cut, including finger beams, uh, the force, uh, hologram projection, <laughs> And cellophane S distribution. So, Alan, I know you mentioned one of these earlier on. Mm-hmm. Give us your take. I hate the finger beams throughout. I hated them Ooh. as a kid. I hate them as an you, adult. You you don't like a good finger blast? No. <laughs> finger fang. Yeah. No. <laughs> not not from leather clad adults. Um, <laughs> Jesus, good. The, the cell the cellophane S the cellophane S has never bothered me. I always loved it as a kid, and for some reason, as a kid, I never saw it as him taking it off his chest. I always thought he had something in his hand that he kind of threw at them. Um, and then it's only when I kind of realized oh, that everybody thought he had kind of peeled it off the S on his chest. I, I don't know if that's what you guys think, but I, I don't know. I always thought he had something in his hand that he threw at them. My biggest issue, though, and this is something that I, I've always wondered because, and this is the time to bring it up because I'm talking to the council. What the hell 
the hologram projection thing. <laughs> I used to play this at school as a kid. I never yeah. was very good at it. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what's he, he doing? Prof- in small- he went to Xavier's school for gifted children. What was, <laughs> what's Jeffy's doing in Smallville High that he's he's and he's losing at the game? What the hell does that? <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like, what? What? What is that? Um, Brad Wilson's just like jumping around. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think ahead and see, does this have any major effect on the story going forward? I don't think it does. No. Um, I, I love the cellophane S. I always have. But overall, I say get rid of the powers. Yeah, I, I prefer the um, I prefer the, the, the more traditional powers. Mind you, a lot of those powers are probably based on something Silver Age. I imagine like he, he mm. had some crazy powers back in the day. Yeah, I mean, they'd kind of throw stuff in, but I, I don't think it was ever consistent. I think, like, mm. there'd be an entire issue where Superman developed a new power and he would have lost it by the end of the issue, is my reading. Exactly. It, it, I'm it, trying wasn't, to... it wasn't like he just randomly in some panel have a never-before-revealed power. You know, did you know we I mean? bring this up with Jack O'Halloran on that episode? And he was like, that was so fucking stupid. With <laughs> 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 the cellophane is. <laughs> uh, Oliver, what's your take on these on these miscellaneous powers yeah the, the, the new powers are mostly bollocks um the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing is right okay they've, they've included the powers especially with the um hologram projection and the cellophane s because after the big battle in uh, metropolis there goes the fortress of solitude but then if you think about it, if you took out the action sequence which they do in the donner cut you've got this kind of uh, unexciting finale mm. right in the fortress so they've had to sort of beef it up with another fight scene that's what you want um, and like it, ma- it makes sense for them to sort of do that, and I the finger beams throughout are, are kind of silly, and the force power. And but I like I do love the moment though when he sort of they go into the fortress and Superman's standing there. It's a great shot, cameras on the floor between His Superman's boots. legs. When yeah. I saw that in widescreen on, on Laserdisc for the first time years ago, I was like, whoa, they got a framing on that. That's amazing. Yeah. And then they do the whole shoot the beams. He bounces it off. Lara goes. To, um, Ursa falls down, and like Zod just loses tempo. And you see the echo of his voice around the fortress i thought that is such a great little moment even though it's just like stupid powers that don't make yeah. any sense that that boot shot is only the lester version is it yeah only lester. Well, wow. i don't think i ever realized yeah. that yeah it's such, either it's a, you know lester's got had a great visual eye um yeah and he's got bob painter as a cameraman so he's in he's you know good you've got a good good pair um yeah oh, i okay i will drop all those powers apart from at the end you just okay. you've got to have it the, the finger beams and, um, and the cellophane <laughs> that's like a great point ev- everything else I cut out and the hologram projection it doesn't it just uh, it's a, like the moment where he strangles him he goes to grab him that's a great scene as well yeah, but it's like yeah. what, how do you get to that scene if you cut out the hologram bit mm. it'd have to be another p- pause in between stuff I don't know oh no, I've got to leave them in. I've got to leave them okay. in. <laughs> okay, to, okay. To, yeah, they've got to stay It in. does make more sense to leave them in. Yeah, it does. Because you end up with a finale that isn't really that, you know, you need more action thrown in. And that's where it is. Okay. Zach? Well, it's kind of like the finale of The Dark Knight, right? I mean, it's very intimate with three or four characters in a location. <laughs> so I don't need a big action scene at the end. <laughs> so, yes, I just compared Richard Lester's Revenge to The Dark Knight. But... I, I got to go with the no powers just because they frustrate me to no end. Uh, yeah. But no, logically, I totally understand what you're saying, Oliver, because it's like, yeah, they were supposed to have this epic giant Metropolis fight, and it, but they didn't really. And now it's like, we got to do something else. And they did the best they could in you know 1980. But um, now, the Zach, now, hold on a second, though, Zach. Ugh, yeah. D- 
doesn't the the new powers in Superman two set up the uh, in Smallville when the Kryptonians appear throughout Smallville? Isn't there some instances of new powers in the earlier seasons where they're able to like start cars with their hands and stuff? You know, I'm glad you brought this up, Rob. Um, I remember, okay, the season five finale of Smallville, Zod possesses Lex, and he did, he throws his he like nods at this Phantom Zone projector, and it sucks in Clark. And I always thought to myself, wait, is that like the Force from Superman two? And then. It, because earlier in the season, these other Kryptonians show up, and they seem to have levitation powers as well. In season five, they seem to do this. But I think after that, they get away from that. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, because season five of Smallville is very much very inspired by Superman 2. So that that also frustrates me. So if these are gone, then those are gone, and that's okay. good. So let's get rid of all these. And the hologram thing, it could have been, they could have done more with like super speed, which they never do. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Like, you, you know, like you I don't should know. Have just spit around, just like throwing a punch. You know what I mean? And just done it. Yeah, that and, that's um, it. Maybe I mean, did they not have the technology back then to just have him be fast? I I, I think <laughs> they could have, but I don't know. The holograms is is silly. But you're right. The whole he's strangling Zod and all that. That's that's good stuff. But ultimately, I gotta go with no powers if I had to choose. No powers. In, in regards to the speed, I just want to see Christopher Reeve running around the fortress in this in the suit like Jeff East after the train. You know that kind of weird run that he <laughs> that he did. <laughs> That is the one time they actually do the speed, other than you know flying around the earth. Of course, we'll get there. If I had to guess, I would imagine that I and I know I know the Lester cut is based on a on a revised version of the script. I would mm. imagine that this the hologram stuff, and I might be wrong. The hologram stuff might have been written as like a super speed type uh, jaunt, and then when they actually went to shoot it, Richard Lester thought, "Well, do you know it would be better if he was just teleporting around." Um, <laughs> Well, I you can say admit, Superman was using the technology of the fortress, right? Well, but, that, that's but the villains my, aren't. Well, right? well, no, they they, they yeah. got they got they got there ahead. Oh no, they didn't get there ahead of him. Sorry, I'm misremembering. Yeah, I think good doesn't point. I think doesn't like they say like late, years later on. I think Bob Payton has said they had a lot of fun sort of coming up with new ideas and powers, and that sort yeah. of boosted morale on set. You know, to sort of have fun <laughs> with it. But yeah, I think that went a bit too far, basically. And what if know? I threw an S at him? It's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, that, that, that was a mild inconvenience. <laughs> there it is. He could, uh, just, like, he could just like caught him in his cape and spun him around and thrown him into the wall or something. That would have been great. But like, Although like it did make me smile. Kind of, you know. No, it, it did make me smile in Superman 78 comic book when he pulled out that cellophane S. So yes. I'll say that. I read that the other day, actually. I finally read it. It was it was I'm, good. Actually, a good read, actually. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than these guys, I think, mm. right? <laughs> it, was, it was fine. It could have been it could have had more meat to it. It felt like I sped through it in like 40 minutes. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> getting back to the powers i yeah so new powers rob what do you say i i'm ashamed to say when i was a kid i always thought general zod using the finger beam on the guy was cool i thought that was cool it, it's a nice ex that's the only one of these new powers i really thought it's got to cool. stay in then um <laughs> the force always annoyed me so the finger beams and the force are different right the finger beams yeah. there's an actual white beam coming out of his finger and he put uses it to hold the guy up in the air and then drops him but the mm-hmm. force, like all the Kryptonians in these movies are able to just move things with their mind. Yeah. And there's a couple of instances in this. There's a lot of instances in it in Superman 4. Never was a fan of that. The hologram thing is fucking stupid. It makes no sense. Alan, I used to do this at school. What? Did you watch the first movie? Like what? <laughs> it's a poor attempted humor for Superman, but it still doesn't work. The cellophane S would justify it. Cellophane S would be much cooler if it actually did something and it does nothing. <laughs> it's a mild yeah. inconvenience. So I'm going to say no powers, I'm afraid. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, next one's very important, although I, I feel like we're... We, we, this one might surprise us a bit now. Um, we're, we're nearly there. So Lester ambiguous power crystal versus Jor-El showing up 
and sacrificing himself so that Superman can get his powers back. This is a famous repowering scene. Mm. People complained for years that theatrical cut was very, very vague because he just finds the crystal and then it cuts to the next scene with a bit of kind of, uh, kind of a nice kind of Kryptonian music swirling around him, and then we just cut back to Metropolis. In the hallowed Donner cut footage, we see Jarrell show up, and he says the Kryptonian prophecy is fulfilled. The son becomes the father. The father becomes the son, and he uh, re-energizes quite literally Christopher Reeve, and he gets his powers back. So, Alan, over to you. What's your take on this? Yeah, this is tough again. Like, as 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 everybody said earlier on, it was said. I think Christopher's performance is is off with Brando in these scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the Lester cut, I think he had more of an understanding of the character and had kind of perfected the performance a bit more. Overall, it's it's weightier with Jorel sacrificing his his life essence or his force or whatever it is that he has, whatever energy is left. That he expels into Clark, it makes more sense for him to uh, sacrifice himself and restore the powers that way. Um, but then, uh, when I rewatched it a few days ago, does it really make sense? Like, how does Jarrell know what's going on? Like, uh, how does touching the hologram restore the powers? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, yes, the crystal I think is too ambiguous. Um, I can never say it. The crystal is too ambiguous. The crystal is, it is. Um, but like, I always thought that, uh, even I remember being younger, thinking that maybe it's the case that Clark kind of, and this is my own interpretation of it, is that Clark maybe realized or remembered why he became Superman in the first place, and he kind of... No, that's Batman almost, forever you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but he almost kind of restored his powers himself. Uh, I I think in the in the crystal scene it's definitely missing a scene there like it's it's not it 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 doesn't explain it enough when you just cut to him finding the crystal lifting it up you get the swell of the music and then it cuts to to metropolis um it is it it, it it's not explained well enough in that um but yeah I think I don't think that the Brando scenes are as strong as I was led to believe they were though before seeing them. Um, I think there's like that Christopher Reeve shake where he's getting the powers back and he's oh doing the God. little vibration. It's awful. Ugh, yeah. I I, I so think odd. I think I prefer the the more mystery surrounding the crystal. I think I do. Like I, I feel I feel bad. I can feel people screaming. I can feel people screaming at their at the, the at their AirPods, whatever they're listening to us on, going, "What are you thinking?" Um, it's Marlon Brando, man. But yeah, I just I think that Superman remembers why he became superman and why the world needs him and he finds the crystal and whatever he sees in it restores his powers and that was always enough for me as a kid so yeah i'm sticking with the crystal he sees a giant cellophane s just flying towards him and he remembers his father <laughs> or better yet a six foot bat yeah <laughs> uh okay so alan we we've got lester's ambiguous crystal uh oliver what's your take on this yeah it's again a, another a tough scene because you know it's important for you know, uh, Clark to meet his father and talk to him and, you know, see he's made a mistake. Um, yeah. but, but you also have to bear in mind that the, the I always had the idea that the fortress had sort of kind of shut down, you know, it, yes. was, it lost its power. So when he returns to Nessa's cut, it, it, it's, it's lit so well and it shows you that it's all gone dead. It's all quiet. And um, and then his delivery is so good. When he sh- I mentioned earlier about him shouting out for his father. And Chris's performance, it's very early on in the production, so he's not 
you know, a couple more takes, I think he would have got it down to a mm. T. But I, yeah. I think the fortress still shows it still has power, has energy there, and um, and as we all know, Brando, you know, wasn't interested, you know, in playing mm. the part. He just wanted the money. So his performance is very just like, you know, just reading lines of a cue card. So there wasn't that much of an emotion there. But I do love it when he appears and he gets that on-screen presence. But I think in terms of like structure of the story and where it's going and. And having just the visual look of it, where it's Lester was very good at sort of economic filmmaking, and mm. he's a good good at visual storytelling as well. And that and that short scene, how ambiguous it is, it tells you everything in a short space of time. And I like that. And I love how he picks up the crystal and just looks at the camera and you see the beam of light as it punches in for a close up. It's all we need is this. All we needed was him to sort of turn back into Superman in shot. But yes, you know, and see him fly out of the fortress. That would have been like fucking awesome but yeah i'm gonna i i appreciate the, the donna stuff and i love donna's work but it's it's uh i think i think down to stand because maybe i'm biased i grew up the lester cut so I, i'm gonna go with the, the lester version okay very very interesting zach yeah i'm surprised by that stand? question before i answer <laughs> Are are we to assume that the only reason the green crystal didn't get destroyed in the lester version is because lois forgot it yeah. over there on the side. I've always assumed that. Yeah, she's yeah. interesting, right? She sat on it. Yeah, it's so. I mean, that's just interesting, though. It's like, oh yeah, good thing she didn't put it back in the console. It would have been blown up with the rest. Like, anyway, it's it's, I, it, it's not really laid out like that, but uh, but it's, I think it's definitely inferred. So anyway, uh, with that said, uh, I got to go with the Lester version for all the oh, reasons wow. you guys wow. mentioned. Mm. Uh, I I'll, like I fought hard for Jarrell in the past, but here, no, he's gone now because uh, just. If you're talking about all over the, the the fortress, like it shocked me when I saw the Donna version. I'm like, oh, all the lights are on. It looks normal yeah. like it did before. Mm. What? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's just no. It's it's supposed to be dead and green and all that stuff. And it was so good. And Christopher Reeve was so fantastic when he, you know, you're talking about Shakespeare earlier, Rob. Like like that's how it feels in the I, in the Donner cut. It's like I've sacrificed my world to to the world of your enemies. And here he's just like, I need you. Like it's so yeah. simple and to the point simple, and emotional. Yeah. It's so good. Um, and then just, just, it's him picking up the crystal and that's all you need. And it just, it's struck me. It's so strange. Like in the, in the, like him has that seizure, you know, and then there's yeah. a flash of light. And then the last thing you see is Clark face down in some debris. I'm like, how yeah. is that a heroic restore? I don't, do you guys remember, like, this is way back Superman cinema days. Like mm. I thought I remembered like a storyboard of a giant Jor-El head, like shooting Clark with like lasers to restore oh, his powers. Yeah, Did I imagine yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you remember that? I'm not crazy. Okay. No, 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 no. So I had that in my mind. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. And then it's like, oh, he just kind of touches him and then fades away. And I'm like, that was anticlimactic. So it's it's crazy because this, if if anything, this was the thing we wanted to see the Donner Code for. And I was like, man, that was not as advertised, and it just did not hit the way it did. And uh, I even remember, you know, I mentioned briefly earlier, like I showed this to some friends in high school, and I was explaining to them, well, in the real version, his dad shows up, and they're like, that makes so much more sense, and it does make more sense. It does, yeah. But but it just doesn't translate the same way emotionally mm. or, or cinematically, and in, in with what they were going for here, and it, it's crazy to say, but yeah, no Jarrell here to me is the way to go. I, I yeah. always liked that Jarrell kind of comes across disappointed in Clark. Like yes. you made a stupid decision here. Yeah. Like that 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 always I was always like that was an interesting way to go with it, but yeah, yeah. Also, uh, like uh, was it supposed to be a prophecy that the father becomes the son becomes the father, the father becomes the son, whatever? I didn't I never I never, I never I never thought it was a prophecy. You know, it's just I thought it was just a, a very emotional line from the first yeah. film. Mm. 
yeah. you know, that sort of plays into that sort of, you know, the sort of the godlike theme running through it, you know, but I didn't think it was a prophecy. I always thought that was a bit strange. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and they try and work it into Superman Returns. Then it doesn't. I, I, they, they really force they focus on that line. It's a bit, it's a bit, too, on, it's a bit too on the nose, wasn't it's it? It's too on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with everything except that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> suffice to say, I I do agree. And you know, if you had told me that the scene where the fortress is shrouded in darkness and it's this really human scene of Clark saying, uh, you, "Well, you see." Uh, I failed, Father. If you told me that that was the scene that Richard Donner directed and that this other clunky, weird, brightly lit scene was the one that Richard Lester, I would have said, oh, yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. But no, like the Lester scene is so much more cinematic and so much more human and grounded. And, you know, people gave the thing about the crystal a lot of shit back in the day because they were like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. I think it actually is laid out really, really well. Zach, you kind of pointed out there earlier on. Like, you see Lois look at the crystal, she sets it down, we see a very separate shot where it's just lying there. So it's almost like they're, they're saying, yeah. it's mm. like Chekhov's crystal. Yeah. You know? Yes, yes, yes. So then when the when the panels explode later on, we know that that crystal is still safe, so maybe there's still hope. And then, you know, yeah. you see the crystal light back up, so you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, this is obviously the last remaining source of power in the yeah. fortress. He must use that to get his... You know, it makes sense. Mm. Um... All of that being said, I just think the Jor-El stuff is too significant and too substantial and mm, ties t- ties into the first movie too much mm. to turn around and say, no, we got to let it go. I think yeah. they did a really admirable attempt not using it in the Lester version. They did the best job they possibly could. But I just think that scene is too powerful. And yes, Christopher Reeve, it's not his strongest scene as an actor by far. And the, him shaking like a, like a meth head when he's getting his powers back. <laughs> does not work but yeah, all the Jor-El stuff is magic and and i know what you're saying zach about how it's not really very i i i think that 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 sequence of the Jor-El ice mask like just thundering towards the camera mm. as clark i i think that's really really effective so i am gonna have to vote for uh very reluctantly but i am gonna vote for Jor-El in, in mm. this in this case um i think it's it's just too too substantial. But it's ultimately, there's there's always a way to sort of make a compromise, compromise to have yeah. to marry two of the scenes together, mm-hmm. the two of the takes. Yeah. And you could you know you you can adjust things with the colours and stuff and make sure that the fortress looks more darker and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, but if, like. <clears throat> Yeah, this, this is very the Lester cut up to that. Yeah, yeah I was like very, the Lester cut up to when he puts the crystal in, and then you could cut the Donner. That's the compromise right there. Yeah, right? exactly. You could. This is very much like a really very what we're discussing here is very rudimentary sort of edit. Just like yeah. cut that, put that in. You know what I mean? Uh, now I feel like I only put this one in because I want to hear Zach's take on it. But there is there's a lot of subtle differences in the line deliveries, and you know there's alternate takes used, there's extended takes, and all that sort of stuff. We're not getting into the nitty gritty of that. Except in this particular case, there yes. is a scene where Superman arrives outside the Daily Planet to confront the Kryptonian villains, and he says, in the Lester version, the theatrical version, he says the iconic line. General, would you care to step outside? And everybody cheers, the crowd goes wild, Superman is here, great. In the Donner cut, however, Zach, I'm going to let you take it away. What does Superman say when he flies to the Daily Planet window and he looks inside? He says, sounding nothing like Christopher Reeve, I might add. General, haven't you ever heard of freedom of the press? General, haven't you ever heard of freedom of the press? What the hell is that? 
That's what? No, of yeah, course they haven't, because they're yeah. from Krypton. <laughs> yeah, when he says like general, it sounds like the guy does the voice of Lino. It's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. so strange. Just like are you, was Donner that anti-Lester? He couldn't even use the Christopher Reeves clip saying general. Yeah. Like it sounds like some strange ADR. As a lot of this Donner cut mm. stuff does. It's just that's one of the most iconic lines ever. It's a slap yeah. in the face to take it out, and it it which blows my mind is that Donner shot the diner scenes with the bully and Clark says to him, would you care to step outside? And that's a callback to the diner scene that Lester picked up on, but Donner did not. It's insane that they switched this. Anyway, Mm, very frustrating. Uh, Are are we all unanimous on this? Yeah, I don't think anybody... Yes, there's there's no ambiguity about this whatsoever. (laughs) I got it, I got it, I nailed it. Um, yeah, it's it's just it goes without saying that. I, I, but even the like when you the the shot before that where and they cut this out too where the guy the the vendor is selling the newspapers and then you hear the the, 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 the sound of him flying. You see the, the 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 newspapers rustle and fall onto the floor. You hear the rising of the score. It's amazing. And the, even the way the Donner cut is edited, where he he's just suddenly there and there's silence yeah. before he says the line. Mm. It's really strangely edited. And no, I hate it. I remember when when Jim Bowers had shared those photos on uh, the, the website or on Sidman Cinema years ago, where you saw Donna had shot this sequence. We were like, "Wow!" And you saw that great shot was Chris's, like on the wires. You got the city mm. backdrop behind him. Mm-hmm. You think in your mind, "Okay, this is going to be so much better." But if you think about it, they're like Lester's looked at this and gone, "Oh, we can do that better." Yeah, you know. And when you see it, like the, the Zoptic shot, it's a Zoptic shot when he lands on the flag. That's. Mm. I remember my friend said the effects guys on the film said that was the best Zoptic shot because it's seamless. You don't know yeah. it's an, a special effect. You think it's in camera, and yeah. it's it's incredible. And yeah. uh, and the Superman music and Chris's delivery. He means business. And I, and in the Donner one when he flies off, they speed up the footage, and he kind of I think goes the wrong way as well. Like he flies <laughs> off. You see that shot through like in the building. You see him past the window. Because mm. I remember using it, I just reversed it. So it didn't make sense. But uh, was it was it Sideshow that released that kind of statue of him in that pose on the on the yeah. flagpole a few years ago? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I I got that. That was yeah. I, I want to get that one that. day. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's just like that. Every every angle of that shot when he returns is it is it's so much better than what we mm. saw in the Donica. But even just the, even just the line read is so it's Superman. It's what he yeah, would say in that exactly. situation. You know, it's oh, it's iconic. Yeah, yeah, and it's I, I feel bad because you know we all, you know, our allegiance generally is with is with Donna as a filmmaker. Yeah, but yeah. we you know I think for for so many years I think with all the forums and stuff, Lester got a bad rap. But no one, yeah, absolutely. But he's he's if he's ultimately he's a, he's still very much revered director. You know, yeah. and um, I and even though he's not interested in the material. He's still doing his job to a high professional level. So Absolutely. I think that, that that shows it. The last thing I want to say about this before we move on is that never annoyed me quite as much as a, a, a bit 30 seconds later, there's the scene between Superman and Zod. Yeah. And uh, Zod calls him, we, we were beginning to think you were a coward. And in the theatrical cut, Superman responds, I'm not a coward, Zod. But in the in the Donner cut, for whatever reason, the, he responds, they, they, I'm not a coward, Zod. I'm not a coward, Zod. And it's yeah. like Hermit the Frog is suddenly... And it's, <laughs> it's, it's the exact same... It's like they spit up the... What the heck is going on? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Very, very strange. Oh, can I say one other thing about ADR and stuff? The differences? 
I answer only to the president. Like, yeah. so good in Lester. And then like, they chant. I'm like, I, that's wrong. Yeah. That is so incorrect. Like, I well, don't they, know. They, then they change in, like, in the in the prison, don't they? When he goes. There's uh, a scratch on it. Yeah. He goes, tonight? You know, I, I like, you know it's, it's odd, isn't it? Anyway. It's very odd. There is oh, a couple we, we of We would examples. all want to step outside. That's what everyone's saying. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Um, okay, so th- this is another big one. Uh, the Lester fight sequence, as it appears in the theatrical cut that we all grew up with, versus the quote-unquote Donner fight. Now, I say quote-unquote because a lot of this, I feel, is probably Michael Thaw in 2006 adding in these new flourishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but j- just for the sake of, you know, the, the Donner cut is an officially released version of Superman 2. Uh, that was overseen by its original director. We have to consider it to be legitimate. Uh, where do we stand on the two different fights? What what, what do people prefer, Alan? Um, even as a kid, I always hated the slapstick comedy nature of the theatrical cut. And now, to be fair, when I rewatched it again last week, and I was really focusing on it, the slapstick elements of the fight really only kind of kick in towards the very end of it. Um, it's it's really when 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 the three villains are standing in the middle of the street and they start blowing. And, you know, there's there's guys getting an ice cream cone goes in the guy's face and the guy on the roller skates and the guy on the telephone and he's continuing his conversation. As and he's laughing as, throughout the conversation. And he's laughing as it's... But even even like that little moment where um, uh, Lois's colleague is like, you know, the big one's just as strong as Superman. As if her, like, you know, she's about to be enslaved. You know, you you're, you want Superman to win this fight. It's not really a, a, a jokey time. So I, I, I've always hated that. And it's the same thing with Superman 3 later on. The really, really campy stuff, I, I've never, never liked. I like humor, but I, I just don't like that slapstick stuff. Yeah. And I, I don't like when it came in. Um, I think the Donner fight has, yeah, there's some odd kind of scenes that are, you know, you can tell weren't original and were kind of were changed and there was things added onto them or whatever. But uh, overall, I think the tension of the Donner fight is better. I think the scale of it is better. I think the 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 fear that the Metropolitans have or the Metropolites, whatever you want to call them, have is metropolitans re- metropolitans is 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 more real um and yeah i have to go with donner on this one i think love it um, um i suppose we haven't mentioned like the international cut of the uh oh yeah superman 2 fight scene because that also includes all the extra flying scenes with the miniatures mm. and it has the line from zod saying he, sh- he shouts kill him you know as he flies off like after he destroys laser beams that block of cement or whatever um the thing about the donner cut is like they thor michael thor has tightened up the edit he's made things a little snap along a bit quicker um he's taken out obviously some of the gags i, I still like the ice cream in the guy's face you know he goes to bite it <laughs> it's like god and um the, and the wigs flying off you know it's it's the hair pieces you know um but also they, they throw in loads of like like new flying scenes of Ursula yes. non and just like whizzing past camera and all mm. like all really slowly it just like makes it so jarring yeah. to watch and there's two bits they throw in like that was that was supposed to be what part of Donna's teaser trailer for Superman two where he punches you know non twice doesn't he or he gets he gets kicked into Statue of Liberty and then he punches non right yeah um, so I like the Statue of Liberty bit. And I like the other bit, but I mean, the rest of it, what he's put in, is, I don't think works. So I think ultimately, I mean, if, if it's got to be the theatrical one for me or the international cut of the fight scene. Okay. Uh, it just plays out for a bit longer, even though it's got silly humor to it. But I think it just it's more cons- consistent with its quality compared to yeah. the sort of haphazard sort of throwing in scenes and comping in new stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It works better for me. 
When he cages Non, how does mm. Non get out of that without knocking over that whole thing again? I always wondered. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do like the line wig as well. It's like, nice home run. Boom. <laughs> just like, I love that bit. But uh, but also when he punches Non, he just like spins forever. It's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. That's like a bit goofy. But you know, Zach. I'm gonna have to go with the Donner cut. On this one, I I enjoy some of those gags. You know, it's just there's there's too many of them, and some mm. of them are just too childish, and they just continue on forever. And like when it's supposed to get like when when Superman is like hit by the bus, and the and the villains start doing the super breath, that's when things are supposed to get serious. Like, oh no, Superman's oh he's dead. Let's get him right. And then yeah, it's supposed to get serious, and then it's just all this nonsense. I get Lester nonsense cutting out right, and it's. It's just addition by subtraction. Not even like the extra Statue of Liberty kind of stuff like from earlier, but mm. like taking out some of this stuff and just making it pure like quote unquote seriousness is, and as much as a cartoon of a movie as Rob would say <laughs> this is, um, it's way more effective, I think. And so uh, yeah. it just shows you what you can do with with uh, with less. And, and I think it has improved that way and I can take it a little more seriously. And, you know, we really haven't even mentioned it all, but, you know, the... Margot Kidder looks very different between the two cuts and being mm-hmm. able to use as much Donner footage of her, all the reaction shots with the Daily Planet and the Donner cut are mm-hmm. from, you know, the 77, I believe, is when they filmed all this instead of like 79 when they shot all the, the Lester stuff. Yeah. And so that's that's nice too, just for the continuity and, and stuff like that and, and getting rid of the big one's almost as strong as Superman. Like oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, about to, be, you're that about to be enslaved by this race <laughs> and you're rooting for the But also, lads, you know, like let's just... Uh, well, Ken Thorne's score is butchered for its entire fight sequence, yeah. and it's so much better. The actual yeah, that's when he, true. When he that's blows true. out the fire on the fr- freezer, sorry, the, um, yeah. the tanker, the truck, they, yeah, the tanker, they butcher it, and it's so so good in the, in the on the soundtrack on the yeah. theatrical cut mix. It's just like it's ruined by just throwing in the Williams original sort of piece for it that doesn't work for this no. scene. Mm, you know, yeah. so you have to remember that as well. So it's it, it's not a slam dunk. None of these are slam dunks. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> I, uh, I I I'm I'm really disappointed we haven't had any 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 split decisions so far. I'm gonna go Donner as well. I watched it yesterday, and I agree. It's just with all the goofy stuff taken out, it it is a far more tense fight. Um, I and and I also agree with Oliver. Like I I did like some of that goofy stuff growing up, but does it add to the fight? I don't think it does. I will yeah. say I do miss Lynn the. The, the bitchy assistant from the Daily Planet. She's not in the Donner Court at all, and you kind of miss her a little bit. I, and I, She's I, one I, of those people that ignores Clark when he shows up at work. Um, I really like the Statue of Liberty. In fact, I think this is probably Michael Taw's best work in the film, the mm. way he mm-hmm. comps in all the, the New York skyline stuff here and the Statue of Liberty and all that. I, I think all of it generally works quite well for me in that bit, and... Uh, the only thing I'll say is, for all the goofy stuff they take out, the guy in the skates is still in one of the shots. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 when they're yeah, doing yeah. the super breath, you still see the guy in the <laughs> skates. <laughs> only, the, only, uh, only because you don't see the follow-up shot with him, you're kind of going, hey, hang on a second, was that guy on I think skates? I jumped from, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I'm going to go uh, Donner, Donner for the fight. Yeah. Um, now, the next one, probably the most oft-mentioned deleted scene from this film uh in the restored international cut and i believe on one of the dvds one of the official dvds i think you can watch this scene yeah there is a scene after general zod's much publicized murder by superman (laughs) uh there is a deleted scene where the quote-unquote arctic police show up at the fortress of solitude and arrest the now depowered kryptonian villains 
me and Oliver were talking about this before the episode, and I think I know how he's going to vote. <laughs> Alan, would you vote to put this back in the film? No. Oh, well, I, okay. I, I, no, I, I wouldn't. I think it's. I never got the impression. So, um, Alan, you're voting for no police presence. No, no police Detective presence. Alan Burke I am anti defund, defund the police. Um, <laughs> I no, I, th- I think it's. I think it's Batman sixty six stuff, yeah. like Arctic Police up at the Fortress of Solitude. Um, I never in my entire life, from watching it as a kid to watching it as, a, watching it as an adult, I never got the impression that the Kryptonians were murdered in, in the Fortress of Solitude. I always thought that that chasm, I think I've said it before, Rob, was maybe eight or ten feet deep. That's always the impression I got. Um, you can no. die by falling down a ten-foot icy you chasm. Can, you can, yeah. you can, you um, can. No, I, I've never liked it. Um, so no, get rid of the police. No police. Oliver? Yeah, I mean... I suppose like the villains just go down a massive slide. I always thought, and they just come out at the end. You know, it's like the toilet system or something. You know, um, and the Arctic Police. Okay, if the argument's sake, like if that was, if if Donna was going to include that originally, you know, it shows that Superman doesn't kill, and that would yeah. have destroyed any sort of future debates. Like Man of Steel would be, would be in more trouble, right? <laughs> and, um, so I, because it makes sense that you know, that Lex wouldn't be left there. You know, they'd take him away. He went, didn't have to walk back. He would have frozen to death um, in that sort of the continuity. And I suppose, okay, if I... Yeah, I think we put, it's probably best to remove it. But what what the following scene, I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, Superman destroy the fortress. Oh, that that's... that's a, we'll, we'll, we'll get back yeah. to that. Oh, yeah, we got one coming uh, up. Sorry, yeah, sorry. We, we have that. Um, but yeah, it's probably best to cut them out because it, it is a bit of a goofy scene. And when Superman goes, blast off, you know, it's just like... Yeah. But if I, if I was going to do my own cut, which I might do at some point, but I might use that and just trim bits down. You know what I yeah. mean? Just to sort of... makes makes logical sense that Lex wouldn't be left up there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zach, where, where do you fall on the Arctic, please? Well, I support law enforcement, unlike Alan Burke over here. And <laughs> Detective Alan Burke. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Arctic Police. I really Whoa. am. Um, mm. Because, you know, it's, 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 like you said, Rob, that's my favorite thing. I heard you say it in some podcasts recently. I'm going to keep saying it. It's the movie's a cartoon. All right. Yeah. So the Arctic Police showing Broke up. up. Sup- Superman called the Arctic Police and said, hey, here's the deal. All right. Make your way over here. I'm going to be doing some stuff. Going to need you guys' help. And they just showed up at the at the end there to collect the villains. And uh, as we've all been joking about, um, with Man of Steel, Superman killing Zod, I don't know how many times I've had this conversation. Like, well, you know, we killed him in Superman 2, and it's a whole thing. We're all back and forth. Remember the Arctic Police scene? Blah, 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 it's not canon. All that stuff would be solved if this scene yeah. was there. So you guys are absolutely correct. Um, and then I like the I kind of like the Lex interplay with him at the end, too, which kind of is our next thing we're going to talk about. So I am voting to keep the Arctic Police. Okay. I have two questions. Number one, is the fortress not meant to be a secret? And number two, what do the Arctic police do the other 364 days of the year? <laughs> well, that's why he has to destroy the fortress, Alan, because the Arctic police now know its location. So I just well, answered the first question. Alan, as soon as the elves unionized, they needed someone to break up all the unions. <laughs> so that's why the Arctic police exist. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, my God. Like, they're based out of Canada. They're an American thing. That's that's the problem. Okay? So we'll... Um, I, I'm going to vote no, please. For... You know, one last time for the millionth time, <laughs> Superman absolutely does murder General Zod in this film. However, they don't make a big fucking deal about it. So it's fine. It's a Do you, legit, do you legit think that he kills Zod? I absolutely Zod? think uh, he kills Zod, Lois kills Ursa, and Non kills non himself. Non kills himself. Yep. And oh, it's man. a goofy cartoon moment in a 
goofy cartoon fight and people make too much of a big deal about it. And my is problem with Man of, of Steel, my problem with Man of Steel is not that he kills Zod, it's that they make such a big deal about it, it never goes anywhere. So I've no, I, I, I think the Arctic Police would have been silly. Are it, you it, saying this is akin to, say, Michael Keating putting the bomb on the guy in absolutely, Batman Returns? Absolutely, exact same kind of, thing. So okay. in Batman Returns, everyone's like, oh, well, he killed a guy with a bomb and he smiled about it. Like, <laughs> as I said, our Man of Steel, he puts an Acme Dynamite on this guy with a ticking clock on it. And he goes, oh, like Wile E. Coyote. It, stop <laughs> taking it so seriously. And this uh, also, Christopher Reeve killed a sentient computer in Superman Three, and he killed Nuclear Man in Superman Four. <laughs> yeah. So, for keeping score, he wasn't really he wasn't really alive. Oh, it's, there it's, we go. There it the is. The comics, the comics have the comics have established. We and Rob went back to the fifties, and the comics established that if you're a clone, you're not really alive. I re- oh yeah, it's the Bizarro. We talked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, do you remember? That. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to if you want to talk about stuff that Superman would never do, that I have a huge ethical problem with, it's interfering with human history, and then there's no repercussions on that. Like, mm. the ultimate, ultimate reshot completely cut of Superman 2 that I would do would be that the Phantom Zone is destroyed because he interfered with human history. It's like the, the waves of the, the time waves coming off the Earth. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I, awesome. would, I would love for them to go back and do that somehow, but they don't. Yeah. And there's no repercussions. Um, that's a much, that, that bothers me so much more than, and it doesn't bother me that he turns back time. It bothers me that there's never any follow-up to it. And yes, it's the exact same thing in Man of Steel. He that's kills Zod, point. they make a big point about it, and then nothing happens. So anyway, uh, the next thing is another very, very minor thing that only happens in the Restored International Cup. But I wanted to bring it up because I think it's very significant. Uh, when he's flying away with Lex and Lois, Lex tries to bargain with him. And he starts talking about, well, you know, I could make you a professional wrestler. We could call you the Smallville Smasher. And suddenly you're going, wait a second here. Why does Lex associate Superman with Smallville? What's going on there? Yeah. Does he know that he's Clark Kent now? Like, because he's been at the fortress and he's learned all his secrets. Uh, I, I just wanted to briefly get you guys, your guys. To, do you think it belongs in the movie? I'm going to assume you are all going to say no. No. What, what was yeah. your reading on that, Alan? And would you like to? Yeah, same as same as you there. It makes it 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 doesn't make any sense. Um, I never got the impression that Lex learns about Clark Kent's secret in the fortress. Why would he? Why would Jarrell kind of? even know it I, I no just it's no gone it, it's very similar to superman 3 where richard pryor rips open the shirt yeah to reveal yeah. the white oh, t-shirt that's a good point yeah nobody and, knows that like nobody knows that so you know no gone oliver yeah i'd cut it out doesn't make any sense um yeah there's other little lines there you, you would keep but that little that little section i'd cut it out zach yeah, you could easily remove it. I think you could just have a cutaway to the to the Arctic Police uh, <laughs> arresting the police, I, arresting the villains. I wonder if that's why they cut the scene entirely. Like the Donner didn't restore it. Like there's hmm. that's what's so strange about the Donner cut. There are yeah. there's probably like 20 minutes of Donner footage that he just didn't put in the Donner cut, which and this is among them. Uh, mm-hmm. And you could edit around it. So yeah, that's a weird reference. There's no Clark Kent stuff from the fortress. There's no way Lex knew his secret. There's no way he could know he was Smallville. Somebody just thought that was cute and put it in the script, and there we are. Very good. Okay, so we're getting back into the the, the bigger end of things here. We're, we're, we're nearly finished now. Um, the next scene, Oliver, you alluded to this a second ago. Uh, <laughs> in the Restored International Cut, and indeed in the Donner Cut, there is a scene where Lois and Superman fly away, just a short distance away from the fortress, and they, they, they have a nice little moment together, and... Uh, you know, Lois tells him, look, I'm never, I'll never tell them who you are. I, I totally understand. I get it, all this stuff. Then Superman turns around and uses his heat vision to destroy the Fortress of Solitude. 
Um, now, one of the things that's very interesting to me is while this was never in the official theatrical version, uh, it was in the restored international cut. So a lot of people grew up watching this version of Superman 2 where he destroys the fortress. And then it comes back two movies later, which I just think is hilarious. Um, where do you guys stand on this scene in general? And would you would you like to keep it? Alan? Uh, no, I, I don't like it at all. I don't understand what the point of destroying the fortress is at the very least it's a monument to his home world um especially if it is not active anymore and there's you know it's not going to hurt anybody you know if humans stumble upon it or, or go in there's no power there um i never liked the visuals of him destroying it with his heat vision and um, i always think it looks odd um and especially after the creation of it in the first movie maybe you know, for some reason, if he, if he ends up destroying it in the third or fourth film for whatever reason, um, no, mm. I, I, I say keep the fortress. And just for continuity on, like, Superman 4, the fortress is there, you know. Yeah, I, I I'll keep the fortress. I like the scene where he, you know, he chats with Lois. Mm. So if I was going to edit it, edit that sequence, I'd have him fly off and he doesn't doesn't turn to destroy it. Um, just retain that sort of emotional moment. I still love those things where that photo of Reeve for that sequence was published years ago. It's mm. that great photo of him standing there, just, you know, he's supposed to be firing his laser beams. Um, but yeah, I was always like, where's that from? And then it was on that sequence. But yeah, in the international cut, he doesn't have the laser beams. He just like stares at it. And it just, yeah. It yeah. Just, just, just gets destroyed. We don't, I don't think you even see it get destroyed, do you? Or they just reverse the footage. It just kind of disappears, one. doesn't it? Does it? Not kind of just no, kind it just of kind of fades away, doesn't it? Fades yeah. away, yeah. But, it, but in the but in the end, but with the international cut though, do they? I don't think. Oh. I think it's an unfinished effect, or they just reverse the footage from the first film. That would make sense. It, that seems yeah. like something they do there. Yeah, like cross just cross dissolving. You see, he's not using his heat vision. He's using the force to activate a cell. Yeah, the force. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's got all these fingers. He's like <laughs> laser beams. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Say, so keep the fortress. <clears throat> okay, uh, Zach. Yeah, you keep the fortress. Why would he destroy that? That was so strange. Now, like you said, Oliver, I love the Clark Lois, Superman Lois scene there. But yeah, you keep, like, I don't care if it's not active or not. You don't destroy the Fortress of Solitude. That's without without a story purpose, you know? P- p- play it in, play it into the a-, a plot, this movie, another movie, sure, fine. But don't just, that's some weird afterthought. You can easily edit out as the movie proved you could, so... Now, I'm going to be the lone uh, voice of dissent here uh, okay. for, for a couple of reasons. I agree, Oliver. It is a fantastic scene between Lois and Superman. And my favorite thing about the Donner Cut is the cinematography uh, does justice to Margot Kidder's performance. And I mm-hmm. think that, that this is one of the ultimate examples of that. The other reason, the reason I actually do agree with him destroying the fortress, and it really only hit me watching the film yesterday, is, you know, so he sacrifices his powers to be with Lois, but then he sacrifices his connection to his father to become Superman again. Mm -hmm. But then the molecule chamber is still there. So he leaves the fortress knowing that there is still one get out of jail free card that he has available to him if he should ever decide to become human. So now he's closing even that off. He's saying, I'll never be human. I'll always be Superman. And it just brings this extra element of kind of tragedy to it that I really, really like. And I almost wish it's like he's embracing his Kryptonian Superman side. And yet he has to let go of this one, you know, one remaining connection to his heritage. I, 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 there's it's just an interesting lots take. Of nice little things there. Yeah. And in this version made. of Superman, yeah. this is mm. the only way that we know of that he can even ever lose his powers. So it would I make th- sense that he wouldn't want someone like Lex Luthor using that against him ever again, you know? If they so. just enforced that, 
that idea because I think that's yeah. a, you know what you've raised is very very interesting. Mm. And if he said something like that to Lois, yeah, I, I that did would think that completely make everything make yeah. sense. Go, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, it's good, great, yeah, perfect reason to destroy the fortress. But because you've had to think, about maybe the it, filmmakers yeah. think, oh, the audience will fill in the gaps mm. with something like Superman and this thing. You, things you don't leave the audience thinking. No, wait a minute, why do you do that? You know, it needs to be a little bit more straightforward. And, I, I um, agree. And I did think that watching it was like, if they'd had one line where he just, mm. you know, writes a line under to say, I can't ever let anybody use this against me. Or, or you know, I can't take the chance that I should ever decide again to, you know. But uh, th- that just struck me watching. I was like, that's actually an interesting thing to think about. So, But then you've got, you know, you got the ending for Donna Cup. So it makes the whole point of destroying the fortress. <laughs> that's right. Mm. Pointless. You know? I, I respect the headcanon though, Rob. I respect the headcanon. Good job with that. And that brings me to my next point, Oliver. Magic Kiss mm-hmm. versus Time Travel. Okay, and I think I think there's going to be a couple of interesting uh, answers on this one. I know, Zach, you, you had your, your, your own take on this, and uh, we're going to get to that. Uh, so obviously, in the theatrical cut, uh, there, there's a really, really heartbreaking scene where Clark meets Lois in her office, which she has in this film, which she didn't in the first film. And, <laughs> yes. the, uh, you know, some of Margot Kidder's best acting in the entire series, I think where she's laying out wh- how heartbreaking it is she understands why they can't be together but you know it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that her, her heart is broken and it, it's it's awful and she can't even stand to be around him uh and then he kisses her and <laughs> all her memories just seem to disappear for some reason versus the the original donner shot scene where he decides well that was a very <laughs> That was a very uh, busy couple of days I had. Better travel around the world or fly around the world one more time and make it all go away. Travel back in time once again and just erase history. And he does that. And we, we have this uh, final scene in the, in the Daily Planet again where nobody remembers anything. Uh, so, Alan, I'm going to throw it over to you. Remembering, as always, that we have to go with footage that actually exists. Mm-hmm. Which, which would you choose of the two? I'd keep the kiss um, and I'll explain. The kiss is stupid, okay? Yes. And it, it's problematic, okay? Um, but over the entire series, it's probably the best acting out of Christopher Reeve and Marco Kidder in that scene. It is so powerful. Um, and to to cut that out of the film, I, I, I would hate to lose that forever in, a, in an ultimate cut of it. Um, like I said, I don't like the idea of the kiss. I think it was the easy way out. They had used, obviously, the time travel... It was meant to be uh, the end of the second film. They used in the first, so they couldn't use it a second. Everybody knows that. Um, and I don't like the fact that the how the time travel seems to work in this is that it completely erases the entire film. Um, like, what was the point of it? Um, no, I, I have to say, despite my issues with the kiss, I, I would absolutely keep it based, at the very least, on the performances of Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder in that scene. Margot Kidder and, and Christopher do fantastic. You know, I like worrying about you. Would you stop? It's just, yeah, it's, you really feel, and I've, I've, I've said that before, Rob, I know we disagree. I'm a, a fan of the Lana Clark relationship in, in Superman 3, more so than the Margot Kidder, uh, 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 the Reeve relationship. But in this, like, this feels like a real couple and it feels like a real breakup and 100% I'd keep it. Very good, Oliver. Totally agree with Alan. Um, that scene is is in the Daily Planet office is incredible. Um, yeah, the magic kiss is ridiculous, but I think there was, as I say, they sort of cornered, sort of trying to figure their way out of this. 
Um, the time travel, the time travel stuff can can bugger off. You know, it's, <laughs> it basically, just, it completely undoes what's happened. You know, just a complete load. Also, it's reset everything again, and it's and it just feels very unoriginal way to end it. But also, you end up losing the great moment where he's carrying the flag. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, back that is so iconic. That moment. It's like every time you think of Superman two, like press images, him carrying that flag, and it was you know at the time you know seen as sort of daring because of the whole the politics at the time, you know, and stuff and, and America's image. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it works wonderfully. Um, yeah, I was always annoyed because the time, even if the time travel stuff kind of worked, it's all the added bits where they got a double for Lois. All they've basically got is Perry White, you know, squeezing some toothpaste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the whole thing is built around that. It's just like, no, no. And some extra like B-roll of Chris you know, flying around from like the first one. Reversed, you can tell with he's the like, S. He's like Ugh. smiling and sort of grinning. And it's reversed. Yeah, it's reversed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then they go back in. So they go back into uh, the Phantom Zone. So they could essentially come back. So yeah. they're not yeah. dead. He didn't kill them. <laughs> not dead. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just a hu- it was a huge cop out. That really, that really annoyed me. Um, so yeah, magic kiss all the way. Okay, Zach. Magic Kiss, absolutely. Uh, the merits of the Magic Kiss, everything you guys were talking about, the performances, the emotion. Uh, it's a silly thing. I wish there was a conversation had, maybe like, hey, I could erase your mind. I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, more, more consent here before I erase your memories of of apparently just like the last few days. If, if the last gag line was to, it's, it's for a laugh. What's happening in the world? We get it, right? Mm. A cartoon of a movie, Rob. That's the ultimate defense. Thank you for giving yeah. me that recently. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you guys laid it out, right? I mean, it's, it's silly. But it, you know, it works at an emotional level between the two of them because of this scene. And then just the, the time travel just completely breaks the film for me. Uh, if there's one reason why I cannot make this the Donner Cup my official version of Superman yeah. 2, it's this. Because I've spent yeah. my life defending the end of Superman the movie from people. Yes. Like, oh, you understand. Like, it's, it's the power of love and all this stuff. Like, I'm explaining it to people. It's a visual interpretation of time travel. Right? I'm trying to spend my whole life defending this from people. And then this and then this movie uses it the way people make fun of it being in the first one. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. reverse his time. He and I'm like, oh, no, you completely undercut my argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I can't stand it. I love the passion, Zach. I love the passion. <laughs> But also, lads, in, in the international cut where Clark bumps into that bully and he yeah. reminds him of the guy at the diner, I always love that scene because you're going to see him, he goes into that cupboard and shuts the door. It's very like George Reeves or mm. Fleischer mm. cartoons, yeah. right? But I, 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 I remember looking at it thinking, oh no, he's wearing, I think he's wearing a different suit to what he's yeah. in the Leicester cut where he's with Lois and he says, oh, go to get her, go to get her a hamburger or something. Yeah. No, well, or to uh, that lady. So that scene couldn't, be put into the movie but i think it's yeah. a great scene yeah it yeah. is I, could have, and, know, I love it and I, I would give up much like it's it's unfortunate again like i love seeing christopher reeve margot kidder at the daily planet in the 70s right in the opening mm. scene and in the ending yeah. scene footage i didn't even like what even what even is this right i didn't even know it existed it's great to see but i would give it up to have a more cohesive movie so you can't have that time reset and and i can't believe the stock footage from oh 2005 or whatever they used for new oh, york yeah, it's, it's egregious yeah, it's it stands out and they stay on that double for lois for like 30 seconds i'm like oh, oh is that oh <laughs> is that margot kidder oh. what are you guys doing it looks like the lady who like one of the ladies who screen tested for yeah. Superman the movie you know what i mean <laughs> that, maybe that's where they <laughs> is that her from? <laughs> it's, 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 it's so. bizarre I would, if I had to say, to add an alternate or additional yes. or whatever ending, like, you know, just leave them on the balcony and that's it. That's that's the solution. And, like, you don't, 
you don't have to make a Superman 3 here in 2006. I have heard you say before that that they should just end the movie there on on the rooftop and you know yeah. and that you know that that would be an admirable way to end it. I I still think you're missing that mm. final beat of the scene in Lois's office where she's she's actually kind of angry with him now and she's had to sit with this yeah. for a while. She's up all night pissed off thinking mm. about it and had no sleep. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> as opposed to the previous, you know, the last two scenes we've seen, you know, we saw her at the fortress going, oh, you know, it's fine. I get it. And then we see her on the rooftop. She's tear stained, but she's still like, do you know what? We'll just go back to work and it'll all be fine. And then we finally have that scene of her. It's like, no, it is this not, is killing yeah. me. I can't stand it. It's it's an it's yeah, just such an, kicked like in, if yeah. I was to say, you know, keep, you know, keep this and get rid of this and tweak this or whatever. I would some somehow yeah. edit a scene where he kisses her and then he just walks out and we see her you know, still tear stained and, you know, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the I best see, way yeah. to end, you know, work. for me, I, 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 I have to go with the magic kiss. Obviously I've defended in other episodes. I have to go with it. And, and I think the ultimate ending of Superman five will say would have been Superman realizing, well, actually, do you know what? As evidenced in Superman four, when she, you know, gave me the courage to defeat nuclear man, I am actually stronger with this woman in my life and it makes more sense for us to be together than apart. And that I yeah. think that would have been the ultimate culmination of the whole thing and that they, they kiss and she keeps her memories and then they fly off into space together at the end of the movie, as was in Carrie Bates' mm. Superman 5 script. So I absolutely have yeah. to go but magic kiss in this, 100%. Even in Superman, even in Superman 2, if you leave, if you end Superman 2 with her remembering everything and knowing that Clark is Superman... That would work leading into Superman 3 when she's just not there. That it just didn't work out or she just needed a break or whatever. To just she could they, That their relationship has ended and they couldn't work together. There's some throwaway line there rather than the whole, you know, I'm going to Bermuda kind of stuff. I'm yeah. just, you know. I agree, guessing. Alan, but then Superman 3, a film I love and will watch many, many times for the rest of my life. To me, it doesn't make any sense that th- this whole Superman 2 is built around the fact that he can't have a loving relationship with a human. And then in Superman 3, yeah. he spends the whole movie wooing Lana yeah. Lang. It's like, pick a lane, Superman. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're, we're, all, we're all pretty... Um, can I just ask quickly, Oliver and Alan, uh, you know, assuming you have the option to tweak the ending even more, is there anything else you would do to end the movie? Alan? No, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I, like, ideally, I would have liked a situation where Lois is left remembering and they maybe decide to just maybe be friends going going forward and it's all logical and everything but then there's a look or a glance or a touch of the hand and you know that the spark is still there and then you get to kind of explore that again in the next film maybe something like that um but no like it's so raw like you really do believe that like i said earlier it's a real breakup and that there's real emotions and real feelings here and for the first time really you feel like they're real people in in this setting like like what we get with lois and clark in in the tv show later on where they have these you know and obviously they, they did it too much where they did it over and over and over and over again um with diminishing returns but yeah, it, it it really was the first time that scene where they really feel like real people and it really explores what would it be like if Lois knew that Clark was Superman and that they couldn't be together. And I, I really enjoyed like that. Being married to a doctor. Anyway, uh Oliver <laughs> <laughs> I would um I'll I'll keep it keep it the same still actually. Yeah. I the idea that Lois may know he's Superman and comes Superman three, I think 
for, for flexibility of writers yeah. and filmmakers, I think a, a sort of a reset of mm. things, of situations makes it a lot easier to progress things without having to sort of continue on something that may be, some may feel it would be a bit mm. tired, hence why they've sort of had Lana come in and then the fourth one, it's, you know, Lacey Warfield, that sort of mix things up with his relationships with other women or sort of friendships really. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch much of it. I think I mentioned earlier. I think I'd probably try and include the scene where he bumps into that guy. He's like, yeah. "Hey, watch it, pal!" And then it's like, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy beat the shit out of me." What? And I go give him a good old punch, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. You know, spin him on a chair, make him sick. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, touch I can't. Much of it. I can't. We're, we're nearly finished. I promise. I can't forget my other kind of fan theory that I just throw in there if I could. So we all know in the Donner Cut, they they did actually go out and film additional shots and bits and pieces and stuff. Uh, if if you mm -hmm. were going to keep the magic kiss, what I would do, remembering in fact that we haven't seen any other random new powers in this, so it, it's even more out of the blue to have him just kiss her and their memories go away. Mm. What I would do is add a shot of Clark. Um, so we just see a man's hand put his coat up on the coat rack and we see the green crystal not lit and it's hanging out of his pocket. And then at the end, when he kisses her, we see the, we see the, the crystal glowing. So it's like, ooh, this isn't Superman's power at all. It's some kind of mysterious kryptonite technology or Kryptonian technology. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that would be good. And, be like good. that's how we explain away the magic kiss. You know, that's like that. You know, that feels like something they would have done in Smallville, where there was like a Kryptonian key or a, or a disc or yeah. something. So, yeah. And that's how yeah. they lose their memories. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, okay. The the final topic of the night, and then we're gonna finish up. Uh, this is another thing that people talk about a lot with this movie. <laughs> The oh, famous yeah, yeah. diner fight. So the only reason I'm bringing this up is the chronology of it in the lesser cut makes sense. And the chronology in the diner yes. cut does not. Because no. in the lesser <laughs> cut, you know, he's going back to confront this bully he met earlier in the film. The bully knows who he is and he, you know, this orders to go. Uh, it's a great scene. Some people don't like it. We'll get to that. Uh, in the Donner Cut, however, he reverses time. None of the events of the film happen, and he still goes and beats the shit out of this guy. He's <laughs> 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 like, what yeah, the yeah. hell was that about? <laughs> uh, Alan, how would you include or maybe even exclude this film, this scene entirely? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I keep it. I, I love it. I've always loved it. I know, really, it's not a very Superman thing to do to beat up on, you know, some trucker uh human trucker with no super abilities or anything but that guy had it coming and he didn't really do much he just pushed him ah, down yeah. the thing and he crashed into the pinball machine um and i think in the in the way i we've done it i think it still makes sense to keep it in in this version of the story um so yeah keep it love Excellent. it love Oliver. it forever yeah i actually love it as well working yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah it should be working out yeah it, it makes no sense in the donica because he just walks in, just beats up this random dude to, to everyone there. You know, it's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> you know, so, so the guy would just be like, well, I've done this thing, you know, just getting thrown around. So, yeah, in the theatrical cut, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Remove it from the Donner cut. But, yeah, it's a scene that's great. It ends it with a bit of, again, a bit of comedy, which you need to do after. Yeah. You, you have something that's depressing. You play it out with a bit of comedy, even though the previous scene, the magic kiss, is played out with comedy yeah. after her memories erased. Right? You got to that's how you play things. That's how you direct things, and it, it works. Love it, uh, Zach. I feel like I already know what you're going to say. Take it away. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, this is. I mean, I've never seen garbage eat yeah. garbage before. I mean, it's an amazing. 
It's an amazing scene. I quote, I've been not working out. Whenever I work out or whatever, I'm like, oh, I've been working out. Like, it's always in my mind. I always quote it whenever I can. It's it's lighthearted revenge. Yes. That's the way I describe this scene. It's yeah. just, and I love it's that he, great. I love that he brings the cash yeah. for the damage. Oh, I'm totally sorry about the damages, sir. But it blows my mind. Again, Donner shot this, like, with the thinking of there being a time reversal, and yet... It's the, <laughs> this was meant yeah. to be at the end, regardless. Like it, it works better for Lester yeah. than Donna. It's crazy to me. So, anyways, it's a fantastic scene. It's iconic, and uh, mm. it has to stay. And it's a, it's a lot less mean spirited than Man of Steel. He doesn't destroy the man's livelihood. It's uh. insane over here, but that's you know, Man of Steel is that on on steroids, literally in some cases. Um, he get telephone poles through a guy's truck. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> This Superman's bipolar. Lest we perfect, don't we forget the perfected version of this scene in, in Superman and Lois this season, which I thought was yes. excellent. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, good. fantastic. I love this scene. Love it, love it, love it. Always loved it. Uh, as a kid, I think it slightly bothered me that he got his ass kicked with no powers. And, you know, in order to exact revenge on this man, he goes back with powers. Yeah, an unfair advantage. <laughs> like that kind of bothered me a little bit. It yeah, felt yeah, like a little bit, yeah, like kind of yeah. against the message of. Yeah, anyway, but no, it's a great scene. This order's to go. Oh, I've been working out. It's so quotable. Why would you ever get rid of it? You're insane. <laughs> it's a great scene. So that that's pretty much everything. Guys, before we go, I just want to, you know, is there any other minor little fiddly little extra bits in either the Restored International Court or the Donner Court or even the Leicester Court that you feel would absolutely have to be in this Ultimate Court? Would you keep the Concord sequence from the International Court? I'd remove it? it. It just looks cheap. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I agree. Well, it looks cheap because it's a 4x3 and it's like fuzzy. Like, yeah, what if it was in HD, yeah. And like cleaned up, you'd be like, fucking hell, that looks great. You know, <laughs> fucking hell! Um, it's the, the, uh, but they just, they just end up reusing the same musical cue from the alley chain. So it's a bit like, it's just, just to show that he's kind of traveling over mm. across you know, yeah. the Atlantic. But it's actually just a shot from Superman the movie. Yeah. They cut out. So, well, yeah, I'll probably drop it. <laughs> um, Meh. <laughs> any any major adi- additions or subtractions that you can think of, Alan, that we haven't discussed already? No, I don't think. I'm looking through it, and I think we've pretty much covered everything that I can think of. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you really did up a great list there, uh, really comprehensive. So, no, no, I, I'm I'm happy. Zach? Yeah, my ideal version would be the restored international cut in widescreen HD. So that for sure. And then yep. with so that... Do then you can make a fan edit with all these pieces yeah. all put together in the best way we described. I guess yeah, that's the yeah. ideal scenario. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. All the expanded Lex stuff with Miss Test Marker. Great. Put yeah, it in there. 100%. Put it in there. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, one change the Donner Cut did that is superior to the Lester Cut. Uh, the hot air balloon. Yes. Right? They go yes, up and they have a whole conversation over yeah. Metropolis instead yeah. of we went in a hot air balloon for three yeah. hours to the Arctic and now we're finally yeah. going to have this conversation. So yeah, props yeah. to the Just dark. Wait, wait a minute. We're talking about <laughs> three hours time when it's freezing so, cold. <laughs> it's complicated. Like we, we have a lot of preferences here, but it's like, it, it's, it's, it's complicated because we grew up with the Lester yeah. cut, the Donner cut. It was disappointing, but it still improved a lot of stuff. I don't be too down on it. They had limited resources. And, and, and sadly it seems from my understanding of all the behind the scenes stuff, Richard Donner was the, the worst part about the Donner yeah. cut. His, 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 preferences mm-hmm. and i totally understand yes. why yeah. right well he's like f richard lester he took over my movie right just like when the snyder cut came out Zack snyder was like f joss whedon he took over my movie i don't want to use any of that donner unfortunately had to use some certain things and so we got this kind of compromise piece and that's why we can have these complicated but really fun discussions like we had yeah. today and i really enjoyed it yeah yeah, yeah i think I'm, i think i'm I with agree, you agree. actually zach mm-hmm. i feel like the restored international code has most of the extra stuff that i really really like it has all that extra zod yeah. stuff where he's just that bit tougher and that bit meaner 
Um, a lot of lovely extra Lex Luthor stuff is also in there. Uh, we forgot to mention one of my favorite Lex, Lex lines in the whole series. It's in the Donner Cut and it's in the Restored International Cut. When Jimmy brings in the coffee and he goes... Hey, that's the Chiefs. The Chiefs got it. Love that. Absolutely <laughs> love that. Classic Gene Hackman. Are we, are we going to... Like, do you guys think that we're going to get another cut of the movie? I think... I would hope that they would release that TV Restored International Cut. Yeah. I hope they find it on a shelf somewhere like they did with Superman yeah. the movie. That's the only reason we have it, right? Then they yeah. find it like, oh, I guess we should restore this and put it on Blu-ray. Like, that's the only reason we have the three-hour Superman the movie cut. And I'm hoping one day they find it in a vault or on a shelf. I think, that's what we need. Didn't they confirm they'd, they'd found everything, right? So they, I think they have it. It would have been shipped over mm. with everything else at mm. Pinewood in storage. Because the soul kinds had left everything there, just like, obviously, you know, paid for whatever mm. yeah. uh, amount of time to, to keep it there. So, yeah, it, it's there. I, that's that's what I want. I prefer the international cut. And if, you, if I was going to do my own fan edit, I'd just include a few more bits of Brando mm-hmm. just to, sort of mm-hmm. to keep yeah. continuity. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. And just maybe color grade a few things. But, yeah, that's there is a, a, a decent version of Superman 2 definitely out there to make a definitive yeah. version. It just requires a little bit of not... Being concerned of who gets credit. Yes. That's what's happened, isn't it? Yes. He's had to edit enough, change audio loops, just to make simple adjustments to get those credits. So, you know, to make the ultimate version, the final the final cut, essentially. Like, like Blade yeah. Runner. 100%. Yeah. You know. um, yeah, and and actually, just to say one thing to really discredit Richard Lester, which I don't think we've done a lot of at all. It, there, there is that no. one scene. <laughs> it is a deleted scene on the special edition version of the theatrical cut. But it's not in the diner coat or the... And it's in the restored... Inter- it's the scene where they're eating the souffle. Or the souffle. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh well, I've never yeah. done this before. It's like, oh, just take it easy. Just relax. It's easy. Just oh, yeah. make that scene. I don't want that. It's a terrible yeah. scene. They're right <laughs> to cut yeah, it. Yeah. But all- Don't like it. But also, like, the opening to Superman 2, like the theatrical cut, I love the opening. That's my favourite opening titles. The music montage of all the scenes Ooh. from the first one. And if you watch the opening credits to Donner Cut, where they recreate the first movie, it's so boring. I, yeah. I can't. I don't like it. And this looks cheap. And, and the recap looks... is very shoddily put together, too, in my opinion. Of Superman yeah. the movie. Of like, oh, previously yeah. on well, Superman. The next I like one... the council bit. The council bit, we see Brando again using all yes. angles. Great, fine. Yes. But it. But the opening, the whole title sequence, just, yeah, Leicester yeah. version is so much better. It's, it's like an extent, it's like a music video. And that's I always, from, you know, I always so. think they should have started it in like a DMV office. Um, that's really, that's <laughs> <laughs> there it is and uh, stay tuned because one, one, one day we'll do a Superman 3 the ultimate cut <laughs> using the five minutes of extra oh footage that's in the TV edit of that film no we're, we're never doing that <laughs> the Richard Pryor the Richard cut, Pryor cut. Yay, uh, I, I want to say an extra special thanks to our two very special Kryptonian Council guests tonight uh, Oliver Harper and Zach Moore Guys, uh, over to you, Oliver, first. Is there anything you want to plug before we finish up? A plug? Well, um, I'm still, you know, doing stuff for YouTube, but I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus at the moment because I'm editing a feature film. So I've got got three months of work on that. And I've, I'm promoting still my documentary I produced on Street Fighter 2, Here Comes New Challenger. Not Superman related, of course. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I was, as a kid, obsessed with Street Fighter 2 and Superman. Bit of a weird combo, but it's a shame they never crossed paths uh, in the comics or something. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment. Another uh, a martial arts. I was about film. to say they they did in the game, but that was Mortal Kombat. It wasn't Street Fighter. Never mind. Yeah, it's Mortal mm. Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, I I 
I'm loving your Laserdisc uh, collection videos on, on YouTube. There's something very just relaxing about seeing all the art and going through it all. And I'm very close. I have to get a Laserdisc machine and, and, and start getting that uh, some Laserdisc. Because the, like the art, I think there was one where you had, um, was it a Japanese release of one of the Superman movies? It looked phenomenal. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, Superman the movie. All, all the Superman films in Japan look yeah, great. Geez. All got great gatefold covers. Such um, great a good thing to frame, actually. Just buy it and just put it like a frame. Yeah. LP yeah. frame. So yeah, yeah, no, check that out. Uh, Zach, any 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 major upcoming projects you want to plug? No, just always on to Smallville. We're over there talking about the Young Superman show that ran from 2001 to 2011 on the WB and the CW. So find us on on all your social media platforms, whatever they may be called. By the time of this recording, uh, you can find us at Always Marvel with one S and Always on to Smallville. And we're going to be around the time this is coming out. We'll be starting season nine yes. of Smallville. So exciting times! One of my favorite seasons. Very exciting. I saw you posted about Excellent. that. And I was like, "Ooh, that's going to be exciting!" Because season nine, it kind of comes back with a vengeance, then, doesn't it? Yes, I, I, I certainly think so myself. And uh, actually, I always get I always get asked to review Smallville on my channel. I'm like, "How many episodes are this season?" <laughs> this I <laughs> remind people. And I was about 23 or something. It was like 10 yeah. seasons. I'm like, "Am I time i've got to watch that make this is a research. lifelong project you can't just you know I, i've seen He's, flash and superboy those are great like this is not a project yeah. for that this is something else man god no i won't make any money back for zach, the time i dedicate zach yeah, is doing get a, it'll get a copyright claim i'll be like oh bother. zach is doing so good that michael rosenbaum and tom welling are just copying what he does now that's true that's true yeah and they're probably they're unlikely to make it as far as you have zach uh actually on the topic of smallville season nine i feel like we've just about enough time to ask this uh alan and oliver are you pro the black trench trench coat look that clark has in season nine of smallville where he becomes the the blur not no. the red blue blur just the blur no i don't like it's it bit, isn't that a bit like the episode in superboy where he wears like shades oh yeah like oh road's not taken is it something but there's um see i t- to be honest i i gave up last season two and i watched the last season just because i knew he was going gonna... Yeah. become superman at the end mm-hmm. for like five minutes it's but cg yeah. yes yeah it's cg but it's got the, it's got the, it's got john williams theme it they does forever you know because yeah. they they figured out that the fans actually liked them trying to reference the donna films and then mm-hmm. sort of continued on with it but yeah i sort of gave up one season two i was like oh it's just too much time to dedicate just get to the fucking suit yeah. you know? <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> eight years later back. they did so. <laughs> I know, eight years I said, I said that is a journey yeah a lot of commitment, mate. <laughs> Alan, you're 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 anti the black uh, trench coat look. I oh, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I, I I am a fan of the blue leather jacket, and you know I have I have multiple the red issues jacket. with the trailer uh, jacket. Uh, the red leather jacket, Jen. Yeah, but um, I have multiple uh, a multitude of issues with the uh, with small. But I have to say, like I, I said the last time, the last time we um, reviewed an episode, I, I can't remember which one it was, but it really reminded me of everything I loved about uh, about the show um, when we were talking to Zach about it before. Um, so yeah, I, I have dipped in my dipped my toe in again a few times over the last while. But yeah, no, no to the black uh, the black coat, the duster. It's a topic for another day. I love the black duster because it's like. It's right before he becomes Superman, he tries to become a superhero in a completely different way and tries to go down. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and the trench coat's like a cape. I love it. I and love it looks like jor robes at the start of Superman the movie. It does. You know, it's a nice kind of visual callback. But anyway, that's not where... Give it a, give chance, it a chance, y'all. Anyway. Um, guys, what a great episode. What a great discussion. We're going to open this up to the fans. We're going to put a, a Google poll and everyone can vote on their... Uh, preferred uh, segments in Superman 2 we'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll have the Kryptonian Council cut and, and the listeners cut as well uh, Alan do you want to give the socials and we'll, we'll, we'll wish everyone a Jew 
Um, yeah, so everybody, again, it's All Star Superfan on Facebook and Instagram, at All Star Superpod on Twitter, and at All Star Superpod at gmail.com if you want to send us your emails and, vo- and voice notes, thoughts, and opinions. Send us um, your until next time. <laughs> uh, stay safe, stay super, and take care. <laughs> bye bye. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Thank you.